Prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Each and every Thursday, new episodes coming your way on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss one, and join us for Rock Talk and interviews each and every Thursday for a new episode. Hope you all had a fantastic holiday, Christmas, New Year's, and all that good stuff. And uh, here we are in 2024, headed into another year of podcasts, and of course, Everything you hear on the podcast all comes from my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation. And I hope you join me for that if you're in the U.S. or Canada, live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern on Faction Talk, Channel 103, or on the Sirius XM app. Also a sixth show, which is heard on Mondays, 5 to 8 Eastern on Sirius XM 39, Hair Nation. And uh, everything's on demand. If you can't listen in the live window and you are a Sirius XM subscriber, you can listen anytime you want to any of that stuff on the Sirius XM app. If you're in the U.S. or Canada and you still haven't joined us daily on Sirius XM, you're only getting a tiny taste of what I do on the radio each and every day. So come on board and join us and you can get a free three-month trial subscription. All you got to do is go to SiriusXM.com slash Eddie Trunk, three months free on the app or over the air, no credit card required. So for the first podcast of this new year, thought we'd do something a little bit different and give you another little sample of something that we do on the radio show each and every day. And that is take your calls and get your comments, your opinions, your thoughts on a lot of different things. And about a week ago, week and a half ago, I spent two shows leading into the new year having you, the audience, call into my radio show and tell me your favorite albums of 2023 and the favorite live shows you saw of 2023. Now this happened over two separate days. So in one podcast to kick off the new year, we're giving you a super size, extra large mega podcast where I'm going to bring you two radio shows back to back. We'll start with your favorite albums of 2023 and then follow it with your favorite concerts of 2023. Two separate shows that were live back-to-back -back on the radio a couple weeks ago with my great Trunk Nation audience calling in and giving you their thoughts. We'll start with the top five albums as picked by you guys. Here it is on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Some stuff to chew on as we get your top five albums here. Albums that came out uh, just for your consideration in, in case you you know, may have not thought of these and you want to quickly revise your list, but some of the rock records that we covered rock records of note in 2023 include two albums from rival sons, 
a new album from Dirty Honey, remarkably new album and strong album from The Stones, second album from Mammoth WVH, new album from Last in Line, first album post-Taylor Hawkins from The Foo Fighters. Of course, we got a new Metallica album in 2023, 72 Seasons. The always incredibly prolific Alice Cooper, one of the performers at my 40th event, with a great album called Road. Duff McKagan released another solo record. We've now had uh, at least two albums from Duff and two or three from Slash, and obviously no new Guns N' Roses record even in the picture. Uh, So make of that what you will, but Duff with a new album called Lighthouse. A long-awaited new album from Extreme. It's about 15 years in the making. Really one of the biggest stories of 2023 in rock was when people first heard Rise and the guitar solo that had everybody talking from Nuno on that opening track. But the entire album is real good. Winger put out a new album, real strong as well. We had Paul Gilbert on, the guitarist from Mr. Big, who, again, I'll be seeing on the 12th of January when I host that Mr. Big show in Houston. Paul Gilbert put out an album of all Dio songs played instrumentally that was really cool. Godsmack with a new album, which they claim is going to be their last as far as new music is concerned. We'll see if that holds, lighting up the sky. Seven Dust put out an album in 2023. The Winery Dogs came back from inactivity of about four to five years and released their third album early in 2023. What I think one of the great underrated thrash bands, and that is uh, Overkill, put out Scorched. KK's Priest put out an album, The Sinner Rides Again. The Struts put out an album, Pretty Vicious. Jesse James Dupree with a solo album. Uh, Tesla with a live album. Mike Mangini left Dream Theater. Mike Portnoy came back to Dream Theater. Mangini put out a solo record. Came out quite recently. I'm just scrolling through stuff or actually physically rifling through stuff as I speak to you guys. Um, There's just a lot. You know, there's some live records. There's reissues. There's better known stuff than others. We'll see what you guys have to say. Uh, Shout out to my friends Crashing Wayward out of Vegas. Debut album called Listen. That was real good. Danko Jones put out a record. You had those uh, reissues. I don't really count reissues or live albums when I do this. But there are some of those out there as well. So there's just a few things to think about. I'm sure I'm probably forgetting some stuff. For me, off the top of my head, the stuff I listen to the most would be both of the Rival Sons records. So I'm putting them in one, Lightbringer and Dark Fighter. I liked the first one a little bit more, Dark Fighter. Now, that might be just because I've lived with it longer because Lightbringer came out way more recently. But I don't need to tell you how much, how strongly I feel about that band and was so happy to get two albums long awaited from them in 2023. 
And of course, Jay Buchanan was the first singer on stage at my 40th event a couple weeks ago when he performed Sabbath Bloody Sabbath to kick off the show with Geezer Butler. Just insane. Another record that I think is really, really strong from a band that continues to grow every time I see him, that is Dirty Honey, Can't Find the Breaks. Phenomenal, truly real, live, young, bluesy, hard rock band. Great to see what's going on with them. So that's definitely up there for me. Of course, the Winery Dogs, my boys, I love them. They played my party as well. So happy they were active again and made a new record, did a lot of touring. Now it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for them. I suspect another quite lengthy hiatus as Mike Portnoy gets back to Dream Theater. Billy Sheehan finishes up with Mr. Big. Richie Kotzen already told me he'll be doing a bunch of solo touring coming up, so they'll probably be going underground for a little while again. I thought the Extreme album was phenomenal. There's a lot of diversity on the record. If you've only listened to the songs that were released initially as singles and videos, you're not getting the full picture. That band has always been very eclectic in what they do, and I think the album was well worth the wait. I think it's a phenomenal record top to bottom. I think it's amazing what the Stones did. I mean, I don't think you can write off what the Stones did. I mean, the Stones, to even bother making a new record in their 80s with their catalog is crazy. But then to make a really good new record that people actually want to hear, amazing. And, of course, that record, Hackney Diamonds, uh, really, really good. Thought the Foo Fighters record was real good. Um, the Metallica record takes some time. The Alice Cooper record, again, a guy in his mid-70s still making new music. It's crazy. And that it, and it's good. Wolfgang and Mammoth WVH, which, of course, is one thing, one person. Uh, second record, so now a real catalog from him. Some real good stuff here. And, of course, Foo Fighters, you know, coming back and making that record uh, first time with, you know, after Taylor passed away. Uh, that really put them back out there in a big, big way. So what's your thoughts? Give me your uh, top five. Maybe I missed something as well. I'm sure I did. But we'll hear from you now on your five favorites of 2023. And we begin in Canada. Here's Michael in Peachland, British Columbia. Hey, Mike. Hey, Eddie. How you doing? Good, man. I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple. I don't know if I can come up with five because I'm just an old school guy who goes back to the old tunes whenever I listen to music. But I'll I'll throw out uh, Enslaved Heimdall. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I'll put on Immortal for All Kings. And I want to give us uh, some attention to Children of Bodom, their their live album, just because Alexi's his anniversary with Death is coming up. Rest in peace. And number one for me is the new Extreme album, just freaking unbelievable. Now, Michael, you had a really eclectic mix there because you had some very dark and heavy stuff in there as well. And then your number one is extreme. So For sure, <laughs> you I'm like all, all sides map, yeah. of the fence. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like it all. <laughs> I love it all, man. It, except you know, for country and rap, that's equals crap. So, But anything in between is good, for, good enough for me. You know, speaking of yeah. extreme, go ahead, Michael. What were you going to say? I wanted to bring to your attention real quick too, Eddie. I was watching the news this morning and they were doing a segment on little mountain studios in Vancouver. It was, it turns out it's a 47 minute documentary called little mountain, big sound. And it came out about four days ago. 
produced by Global News Vancouver, and there was clips and photos of Aerosmith and Bon Jovi and Loverboy and everyone else that recorded at Little Mountain Studios. Do you know where you, you can see it? You- yeah, YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. It's called Little. Yeah, just uh, type in Little Mountain Big Sound. Forty-seven All minutes. Right, I just a picture. I think of Motley Crue. All right, I just wrote it down. I'm definitely going to watch gonna, that and look for that. What a, what a treat. Just a free doc from the news. It was awesome. Yeah. No, I'll check that out, Michael. Thank you for that. So, Michael, uh, with some some more, you know, some extreme or dark or death metal, black metal, whatever, some of that stuff on his list, um, I, I thought this was interesting. Yesterday, Christmas Day, nobody releases new music. There's no press releases. There's nothing, right? But there actually was a band that released a brand new song and video on Christmas Day. And they're a death metal band called Deicide. If you're remotely into death metal, you know who they are. They've been around since like the late 80s. And obviously it's an, you know, (laughs) they did it to be as controversial and as uh, against the grain as you could possibly be. It, it's just, you know, the the darkest, most, <laughs> to most extreme, I'm sure extremely offensive move you could make. But I'm going, I'm look, I looked at my email yesterday. I'm like, what? Who's, put, who's putting a press release and a new song out on Christmas Day? And it was them. I'll check out that documentary on Little Mountain. I had heard about it. I just didn't know where to see it. You know, speaking of um, that scene, by the way, I I was in this more of a business thing and nothing that any real fan would care about. But, you know, I love the business side of music as well. And I've worked in the business side. The guy, you know, we had Brian Adams on this show a few years ago. And I'll see if we can get Brian back on in the new year as well. But when I had Brian Adams on, I talked about the fact that he seems to have a great loyalty in his career to the people that have been with him since the beginning. He's always co-written with Jim Valance. He's always had Keith Scott as his guitar player. He's always worked with people like Bob Clearmountain, Mutt Lang. And in that interview, I mentioned to Brian that he's also had the same manager, a guy named Bruce Allen legendary Canadian manager. And I said to Brian, you basically had the same manager for like 45 years too. That's unheard of. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of days ago, it came out that they parted ways and that Brian Adams fired his longtime manager. So I hope I didn't jinx it, but <laughs> I don't know what went on there, but it's more of a business thing. Here's Aaron joining us from uh, Binghamton, New York. What's going on, Aaron? Buddy, happy holidays. You too. And happy birthday. I uh, understand you just turned 40. You don't look a day over 60. <laughs> so that, that's good. People have been busting right. my balls with that, man. Again, I'll take that any day of the week. People think I'm 40. I'll run with that. <laughs> All right. I, I think you and I are going to share a lot of the same ones. My number five is cattle decapitation terasite. <laughs> uh, my number four is obituary dying of everything. Right. My number three is dying fetus. Make them beg for death. Which is just fucking awesome. Number two is orbit culture, which is basically uh, Sweden's answer to Gojira. 
and they'll be on tour uh, next uh, next year with Machine Head. And my number one is Extreme Six, which is also wow. my guitar album. What's going on? What's go way? What's going on today with the ex- Extreme Music and then the band Extreme at number one? That's really interesting. <laughs> Oh, it's just so good, and that's probably snuck its way into my top ten guitar solos of all time for Rise. Well, but you're for- right; that album is super eclectic. I saw them live, open for Godsmack, and they were just fantastic. All right, Aaron, thank you for that. So, Aaron, I think being somewhat sarcastic about saying we'd have the same bands because of his list, the only one we would maybe share would be. Uh, the extreme album, <laughs> but he had all extreme metal and then the band extreme at number one, just like the previous caller. Let's go to Philadelphia where my giants gave the Eagles a little bit of a scare yesterday, but better. We got the draft yep. pick coming. Hopefully. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Eddie go birds. <laughs> anyway, thank you for taking. We gotta, my call. You gotta have a little scare at the end there, though, Andrew. You had a little scare. I mean, there, apparently there was a real. There was like three calls that weren't made in the end zone on that last play, on top of everything else. But it was nice to give you a little scare. No, yeah, believe me, I was thinking of you the whole time, Eddie, because I was like, "There's no way we're gonna not just blow this game out." Uh, and it was a little hairy, so yeah, definitely gave us a run for our money, but. I think if you bet it, I think the Giants were getting 14. I, I think I had heard. Um, so they covered. I don't bet, but I, I know they covered. So that was a that was good if you bet the Giants. But yeah, I, I don't look, I'm always rooting for my team, but at this point it's about the draft already. So and we got you one more time. We could be in some big time spoiler role for you guys in two weeks. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, we've been dropping the ball the last three games, but uh you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, Andrew, what do you got for your five albums? All right. So at number five, I got King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard with Petro Dragonic Apocalypse. Uh, number four, I got Mutoid Man, Mutants. Number three, The Hives with Death of Randy Fitzsimmons. Number two, uh, Philadelphia's own Witching with their album Incendium. Incredible. And then number one, Philadelphia's own, Horrendous with Ontological Mysterium. Wow. These are, uh, thank you, Andrew, for your list. These are not albums I would expect coming in, but all welcome. 844-686-5863. Here's Matt in Pittsburgh. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Good. So I have no death metal on here at all. Hope you're not disappointed. <laughs> No, it's all good. It's okay. just the death metal people are being heard today. Uh, what, okay. What's your list look like, Matt? So at five, I got Godsmack, Lighting Up the Sky. Uh, at right. four, I got Corey, Corey Taylor, CMF22. Oh, Three, I forgot Metallica. to put that on. Hold on. I got to put that on my list, too. I forgot just yeah. an overall list. I forgot about how I could forget about that. Corey was on a bunch of times. But, yeah, real good second yeah. record from Corey. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Matt. Uh, uh, Three, Metallica, 72 Seasons. Um, two, I got Winger Seven. This is a great album. And my number one album is from one of my favorite bands of the of the two thousands. I'm about the age where these guys were peaking at the time. Uh Stained Confessions of the Fallen. Yeah, Stained got back into action again and they started doing some shows again. And then I think 
I don't know if they put out a record because Mike Mushock also does that band Sanasonia and they got active again too. And I don't right. know if they actually made a record or just started yes, playing live yes. again. It's called, no, it's called it's called Confessions Confessions of the Fallen. It came out a couple months ago. All right. Uh, well, thank you, September. Matt. All right, got it. Thank you. Appreciate that. So now, man, we're in a wide, wide swath of uh, different kinds of uh, rock being represented here with people calling in their favorite records of 2023, which is all good. Let's go to Chicago. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Mike, what are your best records of the year? Hey, Eddie. Uh, let's see. I've kind of got a tie for fifth with uh, Last in Line's Jericho. Mm-hmm. And KK's Priest, Sinners Ride Again, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Four, I have Candlebox, the, the Long Goodbye. Three, I have Extreme Six. Two, Dirty Honey, uh, Can't Find the Breaks. And number one, did you say you could combine the two Rival Sons albums? Because <laughs> that to me... I am... I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I personally, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever you can though. They're both about a half an hour long. So to me, it's one long record at this point. Yeah. I do prefer uh dark fighter for sure, but uh, they're both fantastic. Yeah, they, they really are. And it's, it's, a, it's still head scratching to me how that band is not a household name and is not bigger and that, and how they don't get radio that came up last week too. I don't understand that. They really don't get a lot of radio airplay, but they are, to me, one you know, just phenomenal, phenomenal band. So, yeah, um, good stuff there, Mike. To like, uh, who's the who's the young dudes out there that sound like Zeppelin? I can't think. Uh, Greta. Yeah, like they're playing, they're playing arenas, and Rival Sons are opening for them. And you know, I kind of think that should be reversed. But uh, whatever, as long You're... as the young guys are keeping it going, right? Yeah, and you're not the first person who said who said that. We had a caller last week that said exactly the same thing, and it's just you know I think that the thing with um, Greta Van Fleet and and thank you Mike for the call. They're they're they got a whole different thing going on. I mean, yeah, they started out and still to some degree sound exactly like Led Zeppelin. We know that, but there's a whole other thing going on now. I touched on it last week. That people were telling me that with their fan base, it's They've, they've tapped into a fan base that is a bit younger, a uh, lot more women in it. And they, it's, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is, but they built like a scene, like it's a following. It's like, a I don't know the word, the word for it, but th there's these bands that they cultivate these followings that no matter what the band does, the people are there and they're fully engaged, whether they get airplay or not, they travel to see them. All bands have that to some degree, but there's some bands that it gets deeper. And look, if you're a band, that's a great situation to be in because those people will be there kind of contingent on whether you get airplay or not. So they're, they're building like a whole different thing and they've gotten trippier and they've the outfits and everything. I mean, Who's to say what's wrong or right? They've done very well. Like I've said many times, I don't dislike Greta, but I still don't fully get Greta. I've not heard anything from me personally that blows me away. But I'm rooting for them and I'm happy for them because it shows that a new young rock band that actually plays their instruments can actually break through. And they've broken through in a really big way. 
The other band that's really broken through in a big way is Ghost. Now, in 2023, Ghost put out a covers record, so you can't really get too excited about a covers record, but they actually did put out a new record. But yeah, some of these other acts, you hope they'll break through, but it's kind of kind of hard to figure out what's going on and why some of them get more traction than others. We got some open phones. If you want to jump in here and give me your top albums of 2023, love to hear from you. 844-686-5863 is the number. We are live on this post-Christmas Tuesday. I know most people are checked out. Most shows are not live. I am live today, tomorrow, and Thursday. So get involved. Tomorrow we'll be doing your top five concerts of the year. Today, your top albums of 2023, stuff you were into from the past year. Here's Rocco in Indiana. He's up next. Hey, Rocco. How you doing, Eddie? Good, Rocco. Uh, I got about uh, a happy new year to you and everyone. Oh, I forget you as well. I'm trying to make this fast. As I'm at work. I'm in the rain. So I'm going to make this real quick here, and I want to hold nobody up. I'm going to okay. give you uh, Cold Stairs, number five. They're a hard blues rock band out of Evansville, Indiana. They're very good. Four, I'm giving you Paul Rogers, Midnight Road. Yeah. Forgot about Paul's record. A real good record and had him yes, on the show is. for it. Good call there. Uh, three, you spoke about the man. No, he's not on this album. They have one original member, Uriah Heap, Chaos, and Color. Very good album. I'm going to give uh, Mammoth. Uh, Wolf Van Halen, I'm giving him number two. Mm -hmm. Revolution Saints, number one. Very good band. You introduced me to him. I'm an absolute big fan. I absolutely enjoy him. You like the revamped version with that they are now with Pilsen and Joel in there? Yeah, you can't tell the difference. They're just as good as the other guys. Very good musicians. I had a hard time getting used to it. I'll admit that, but I saw Jack Blade uh, Labor Day weekend. They opened up for, uh, uh, what's that concert they did? The guy from uh, Poison. Brett Brett. Michaels. They opened up for Brett Michaels, yeah. So I'm at work, Eddie. I got a million things going on in my mind right now. All right, Rocco, we'll get back to it. musicians. All right, buddy, thank you. Get back to what you got to do there. Thank you for listening, as always. Appreciate it. There's Rocco from Indiana. Revolution Saints, one of those bands that um, we talked about them the other day. They are part of that Italian label Frontiers who pump out a ton of stuff. Revolution Saints, a trio that originally had Jack Blades and Doug Aldridge in it, and then they replaced the two of them with Joel Hoekstra and Jeff Pilsen, the constant in that band being Journey drummer and singer Dean Castronovo, and as uh, Rocco mentioned, put out a new record this year as well see this is what's good to do this too because there's stuff i forgot about so much stuff hit me on a regular basis you can easily forget about stuff that came out in the year so this is also another reason you can go out maybe check some of that stuff out here's uh andreas in new jersey hi andreas hey eddie uh be quick i got my top five uh and a few honorable honorable mentions that okay at the end yeah sure go ahead Uh, all right, well, number five, Hackney Diamonds by the Stones. Four, Midnight Rose, Paul Rogers. Three, Mammoth Two. Number two, 
but here we are, Foo Fighters, and number one is Extreme. I love that record. Everything on it is amazing. And my honorable mentions, uh, the new Blur record, Ballad of Darren, and Council Skies by Noel Gallagher. That's his best album since his first solo album, in my opinion. I've not heard the Noel Gallagher solo stuff. I know that, I think, I uh, no, that's Liam that Andrew Watt works with, because Andrew worked on the Stones record as well. I don't think he works with Noel, but uh, there was a rumor that Oasis was coming back together. I know that's kind of always out there, but I've not heard if that's absolutely the case or not. Uh, I would be happily surprised if it was, but nothing concrete. Yeah. yeah, no, I've not heard about that either. But okay, Andres, thank you. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Toronto. Here's Greg joining us with his top albums of 2023. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, Eddie, I just want to make quick mention this coming Thursday will be eight years since Lemmy passed. That'd be a perfect time to do a Motorhead top five. We already have a schedule to just kind of do a wrap up open phones deal, but we can definitely talk Lemmy as on Thursday for sure. And we can do a yeah, Motorhead yeah. top five another time. No problem. Right on. Here's my top five, or pardon me, yeah, my top five records starting at number five, The Bites, the album Squeeze. Yeah. Um, yep, number four, The Naked Gypsy Queens, Georgiana. And uh, Florentine plays that one a lot. And I got a tie for number three. I got Hackney Diamonds with the Rolling Stones. And then I don't know if it counts, but uh, I love the triple vinyl reissue of UFO, No Heavy Petting. It's got lots of extra um, alternate takes and stuff. It's just great. Um, number two, Dirty Honey, Can't Find the Breaks. And my number one would be Rival Sons, Dark Fighter, and Lifebringer. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. Uh, he mentioned a band called The Bites. I actually hosted their record release in the Chicago area a few months back. Great young, straight-up hard rock band that are now based in Los Angeles and um, definitely a, a new young band to keep an eye open for if you like straight-up hard rock, like obviously Greg does and I'm a fan of as well. I mean, when you think about it and you look back on the new music of 2023 and the stuff that we got in the last year, it's pretty amazing when you're you're talking about artists like Alice Cooper, Paul Rogers, the Rolling Stones. The, the fact that artists like that would even make new music is incredible if you think about it because they all have unbelievable catalogs. We all know how this works. Unfortunately, most of these records come out, they're a thing for like a week, and then they're forgotten. Most of the time you go see these artists, they don't even play music from it live because they can't compete against their catalogs 30, 40, 50 years of amazing songs and everybody wants to play the hits because they want people coming back when they play live because that's where they make their money playing live. So it's like a risky thing to, to play new music live because if you alienate too much of the fan base, then you're going to hurt your live draw because most people don't keep up with this stuff like we do. So that's why to me, it's even more admirable when bands like that or artists like that make new music. And the, and in the case of the three records I just mentioned, Paul Rogers, Alice Cooper, Rolling Stones, they're really good records. 
I mean, the Stones record is better than anyone could have anticipated. But what do you do with new music if you're the Rolling Stones? Like, how do you possibly make a set list? <laughs> and, you know, they are going to play in a few months. How, what do you do? They're 80 years old. How, how much? I mean, if, if they play two hours, it's amazing. So I'm going to be real curious when the Stones start up again to see how much of Hackney Diamonds is in their set. What's the most they could do? Two songs? I mean, as it is, if they play two hours, they're leaving two hours of hits on the table. And real quick, and I know this isn't what we're doing. We'll get back to the phones here in a second on your top music of 2023. But few storylines here to keep an eye on how long do the stones tour how much do they do this year in support of the record will acdc do more shows huge story in 2023 was acdc playing a show that i was at power trip and i and everyone else completely expected them to announce shows off of that and here we are day after Christmas, few days left in 2023, and they have not. It's been crickets from ACDC. Now, their social media is still active. Like, when they start posting stuff on social media, it, it kind of feels like, whoever manages it for them, kind of feels like something's coming, right? So they did start to post some things. Like, today they put, I think, something up about Bond or something. So they're still keeping eyeballs going to their socials. And ACDC are so big that obviously they can announce and sell out in two weeks or in a day. But still, a lot of people kind of curious as to why this is not, more shows have not been announced yet. And I pondered openly, hey, maybe after coming off of that show of power trip, they're like, I don't, we don't really feel good doing this anymore. We don't know if we can do it. We don't know if we can maintain this energy, even playing once a week. Or again, first of the year, they could announce, they could announce tomorrow. If the shows are going to happen like in June or whatever, you're still six months out more than enough time. Cause they don't need a lot of time to sell, but I don't expect them. If they do do shows to do a tour, like in terms of like five shows a week or anything like that, those days are long gone. So if they do destination gigs, they do need to give people a chance to make their schedules accordingly. And then the last thing I'm going to be real cu curious about too, when you deal, you're looking at the older bands and the bands that have toyed with farewells and retirements and all of that is does Aerosmith get back out there again? I mean, it was disastrous for them, if you think about it, to put up that whole tour, sell all those tickets, get all that production together, all that rehearsal, all that staging, and then three shows done. And it's crazy because we kind of predicted that and joked about that when that tour was announced saying, hey, go see it early, make sure you get there early. Who knows how, it's gonna, how long it's going to last? And that's exactly what happened. Now, I'm hearing August, 
And I do know the Black Crows, who will have a new record in 2024 that I've heard already, and it's great. But I know they plan to continue with them. Uh, the Black Crows are going to play at Steven Tyler's Janie's Fund event this year, or next year, rather. But tentatively, I'm hearing maybe August. And again, you're dealing with a singer who's 75, 76 years old that damaged something, and we just don't know if he's going to recover. But it would be a shame if Aerosmith cannot put a button on a phenomenal career by finishing those dates, rescheduling them, and uh, all that gear, everything they put into it just sitting there. That's That's got to suck. Not only for the fans like myself, but obviously for the band itself. So can they pull it together and do those dates? That'll be another thing that'll be real interesting to see in the new year. 844-686-5863 is the number. We are live on this day after Christmas 2023. It's Eddie Trunk. This is Trunk Nation. Live tomorrow, I want your top five concerts of the year. Thursday, free for all. Call in about anything you want. If you don't get through today or tomorrow, any of the stuff we're discussing as far as year-endy type stuff, anything you want to bring up in the world of rock, always welcome. Let's get back to the phones right now, and we pick it up with Brian in Pennsylvania with his favorite music of 2023. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Eddie. Uh, I hope you and your family had a Merry Christmas and hope you have a Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Um, so my five, uh, I got at number five, I got Liliac with madness um four i got the lacey sturm she's the singer from flyleaf she put out a solo album i'm probably gonna butcher the name of it it's uh tenotic metato metanoia <laughs> um three i got the extreme album six mm. um two i got uh samantha fish and Jesse mm -hmm. Dayton, a couple blues artists that came together, put an album out called Death Wish Blues. I know who Samantha and, is. I've seen her uh, perform live, actually. Yeah, she's excellent. She's one of my favorites. Um, and my number one is Metallica, 72 Seasons. I think it's really good. I was a big fan of Death Magnetic, and I think it's their best one since then, for sure. Now, were you into the Metallica record like right from the get-go, or did it take a while to grow on you? Um, yeah, I mean, it took a couple listens, I think. It's just, it's you know, it's a long, long album, so it does take a little bit to, right, you know, sink in or whatever. But, but yeah, I think it's really good. Lux Eterna, the minute I heard it, it was a total throwback to what they what inspired Metallica, the whole new wave of British heavy metal. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate your uh, your your thoughts. Let's go to Jim, Staten Island, New York, next up. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Hey, Merry Christmas, Ed. You too, Jim. And heard you had a big surprise party for your 40th birthday, so congrats on that. <laughs> you busted my balls too now? <laughs> A little bit. All right, here, here's my five, and I have most of these on vinyl, which we all know is your preferred format. Yeah, now number you are five, busting my balls. <laughs> uh, number five, I have Rival Sons, Dark Fighter, Lightbringer as one, because kind of is. Um, so far, I'm like you. I, I like the first one better, but we'll see. 
Right. Number four, Dirt, Dirty Honey, Can't Find the Breaks. Those guys are just, every album is great. All uh, the, the EP and the first two albums, just unbelievable. Number mm-hmm. three, even though it's a live album, Tesla, Full Throttle Live, just mm-hmm. because I love, I love, they kind of picked like deep, not so often played tracks. And if mm-hmm. Frank and those guys defy, do release it on vinyl, I'll grab that, obviously. Number two, Rolling Stones, Hackney Diamonds, unbelievable. And I did get tickets for Giant Stadium, and I, I think it's going to be about 80% Greatest Hits and 20% Hackney Diamonds. I'd be shocked if it's that ratio. I, I don't think, I mean, I think the Stones are going to do, I think if they do one new, you know, maybe the song Angry, maybe two, I think that's the most you're going to get in the set. I, I As strong as the album is, I just can't see how they could, with the catalog they have and the hits they have, what are you going to leave? I mean, it's just, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible for for them to get everything in, but yeah. Um, and number one, my number one pick I wanted to mention, I don't know if it was mentioned yet, the new album by Filter, it's called The Algorithm. It's tremendous. I've so not heard I mean, it. I didn't even know they put a record out. Yeah, a few months ago. Um, so if anybody loves Filter, it's 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 everything a Filter album should be. That's Jim, it. thank you. Appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for your list. Jim in Staten Island with his favorite music of 2023. Jump in with your favorites. Let's go to Los Angeles. Ray is next up. Hey, Ray. Hey, happy holidays. You too, Ray. Thank you, man. Uh, Shout out to that last caller because Filter almost made my list. It's probably number six, but a good one. It's a great album. Uh, Here's here's my list here. Uh, Number five, Tiger Cub, Perfume of Decay. They're on Stone Gossard's record label. Uh, number four, Corey Taylor, CMF2. I think he came out with a great follow-up to the last one, uh, mm-hmm. Blue Fighter. Um, uh, but here we are, I think, uh, the unfortunate death of his mom. And, and Taylor kind of really inspired him, but great album. Uh, number two is uh, Wolfgang, Mammoth WVH, uh, Mammoth 2. Uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Wolf, but that dude is here to stay, and I've been saying that for a while. He is, he's the real deal, so he's going to be here for a while. And number one, a band that's getting a lot of buzz with little mainstream support is a band called Sleep Token. And yeah. their, band, their album, uh, Take Me Back to Eden, and a uh, great album, great show, uh, phenomenal band. And uh, there you go. That's my list, man. Hey Ray, who are your number five? Was a band called Tiger Cub. Who is that? I don't know anything about them. Yeah, they're they're a band uh, out of England. They're on Stone Gossard's record label, and it's a, a three piece band. And they just have this really cool sound. And and the uh, title track there, "Take Me Back to Eden," has this great guitar riff that's just infectious. It's awesome. And if you're a if you're a fan of Sleep Token. Have they are are they still keeping the whole anonymity thing? Do people still not know who they really are? Well, there is something that did come out, but it was very underground. It didn't really get too too many people. Uh, so you can find out who they are, but really, I mean, for the most part, yeah, it's they're they're pretty much keeping to that, um, and it and it's working for them. I think it's I think it's great. I mean, it's you know, even Paul Stanley has said. 
if we were trying to do what we did back then now, it would be impossible for us to do it. But these guys are somehow managing, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's it's really cool. And, and the band is, is great. I love them. Ray, thank you. Appreciate it. If you're not familiar with who the band Sleep Token is, they're a British band. The They wear hoods. You can't see their identity. You don't know who they are. And the music, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I guess there's some heavy aspects to it. There's a little gothiness to it. There's a little of a ghost melody vibe to it. But they don't, you, nobody knows who they really are under the hoods and the masks and the robes and the stuff that they wear. And they've managed to maintain that anonymity, which is, as he was saying, you know, Paul Stanley making the comment that that was hard for us to do back in the 70s a thousand times harder now because in the seventies, you didn't have everybody walking around with phones and video recorders in their pocket. So that's changed everything dramatically and trying to do that whole anonymous bit. And if you real, if you uh, notice ghost dropped it pretty quickly. I remember when ghost first started, nobody, there was all this speculation as to who they were because again, they were wearing masks and what have you. And Tobias, it started to get out that it might have been Tobias Forge, this guy Tobias Forge. You started hearing those rumors, but you weren't really sure. I remember going to see Ghost early on. They were at a festival somewhere. And backstage at festivals, every band has their trailer. Depending upon how big the band is and where they are on the billing, they may just have a little RV back there. They might have a tiny little dressing room where they may have a whole compound. Usually if there's 10 bands on that stage that day, the, the, the headlining band will have a whole compound with multiple trailers. The first band on might have half a trailer with a few bottles of water in it. Again, it's all tiered based on your standing. But I remember at that point, Ghost was like mid-level act that day. They were on a side stage. I forget where it was. And I remember walking backstage because that was the thing where it was like, people were like, oh, you know, who's, who's Ghost really behind the masks or whatever? So I'm like, oh, let me take a look around because maybe I'll recognize somebody because I know so many people and they'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in Ghost. <laughs> and you saw people walking around without, you know, masks or anything, but you didn't know if they were in the band or they were just, um, you know, Swedish dudes that were there working on the crew. You didn't know who they were. They all had like the same kind of jumpsuits on or whatever. And when you when I went by their trailer, their trailer all had uh, black paper all uh, masking the windows from the inside. There wasn't even shades pulled down. They, they had taped up blockage on all the windows so you couldn't see in if you wanted to. But I sat there and, you know, you'd see people walk in and out of the trailer, but you had no idea if they were or were not in the band because they could have been on the crew. And then I remember they just kind of gave that up pretty quickly. And I remember when Tobias came in the studio for this show, I don't know, it's probably five years ago. And I remember saying, I wonder what he's like, is he going to have a mask on or is he going to be willing to take a photo? Took a photo. I have it. But he, it was weird. He had like some kind of makeup on and he had like almost a transparent mask, just kind of altered his identity or something. I don't know. It, he did do a little something, 
But then now he's just totally dropped it all. But that was a big part of Ghost early on. And now this band Sleep Token is doing the same thing. They've upheld it. They don't wear masks. They wear more like hoods. And they're getting good buzz doing it. It seems to be a trick that seems to work pretty regularly or pretty consistently. But it's very hard to maintain. And I think after a while, bands just get tired of trying to do it. Here's Lenny in Ohio. Hi, Lenny. Hey, Merry Christmas, Eddie. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, Sammy, you too. Joel, and AJ. Hey, and thanks for Thank the Christmas you. gift we get every day. And that's your show for 40 years, man. Wouldn't know what to do without it. Do a great uh, job, I appreciate buddy. that. Thank you, Lenny. Well, thank you. Hey, by the way, Sleep Token, I saw them last year, never heard of them. They opened up for In This Moment. I was really impressed with them. That was a heck of a, heck of a band, so they're good. Anyway, my top five, real quick. I'm a CD guy like you. Um, I think uh, but Ed, uh, Wolfgang's uh, Mammoth VH2, just, just blowing the doors off. That kid is so good. And, you know, I think even if you didn't know his name was Van Halen, you'd be like, well, this guy's good. So I'm going with that number five. Uh, number four, Revolution Saints, uh, Eagle Flight. Uh, fabulous. I really hope those guys find a, a chance to tour. They're so busy. Uh, number three, uh, in this moment, God mode saw them again this year and Maria Brink and, uh, Chris, they just, they're just something special about that band. I thought the purge was a hell of a song and they were just really awesome live. Uh, number two, you know, uh, Alice Cooper for a couple reasons road, not only is it a good musical album, but the concept of bringing his touring band, which is the best touring band out there into the studio and basically doing this thing live and it just kicks ass. I thought that was really something and a great tribute to his band, and it's just a heck of a record, so I recommend that one. And number one, from Alice Cooper's band, Nita Strauss, The Call of the Void. That album is so freaking good. The instrumental work, and she has like six guest vocalists, including my favorite female vocalist, Dorothy, and they released that song, Victorious, which is up mm -hmm. for, you know, we don't like the Grammys, but it's got the Grammy nod, and uh, I thought that album was just incredible, and that's that's my top five, so... There you go. And I'm walking my dog right now. That's why I sound like this. <laughs> All right, Lenny. Well, you get back to taking care of the dog, and thank you for your list, yeah. and thanks for listening. Thank Have a yeah. good New Year. Happy New Year. You, you yeah, too. you bye -bye. too. Bye-bye. There's Lenny in Ohio. The Nita Strauss record, I was happy to see she brought in vocalists because, again, I, I can take instrumental stuff up to a point, but then it becomes kind of monotonous to me. And I, I love the fact that she uh, started making that more of a guest vocalist thing on, on some of the tracks on that record. Um, the Alice record, I agree with him. I think it's really cool that Alice Cooper used his touring band. For the longest time when Alice made records, it was not with the touring band. It was with a studio or session musicians or whoever they recruited in. Some of the guys from the touring band would make guest spots, but it was not really the touring band. And Alice Cooper has had the same touring band for the most part for a while. Glenn Sobel on drums, who played at my, um, my 40th, played a lot, actually. Chuck Garrick on bass, Ryan Roxy, Tommy Hendrickson, Nita. Nita was in and out of there recently, left for a little bit, but came back. So it's a great band. It's great that he finally did that. I think that that's a smart thing to do, even if you're a solo artist, because there's a, I think there's a chemistry you build with the musicians you play with on the road. I mean, when you go into a studio, everybody can be there at different times, recording their parts, whatever. 
you go on the road, I mean, you're doing 100, 200, 300 shows a year with that same group of people. There's going to be a chemistry there. So I think that that's cool that Alice finally did that and showcased his his touring band as his backing band on his latest record. Let's go to St. Louis. Here's Ricky joining us now on Trunk Nation. Hey, Rick. Hey, Eddie. How's it going? Good, Ricky. You're on the air. What's your uh, best music of 23? Let's see. Um, number five, I was kind of debating on a lot, but I think I'm going to go with the new Queens of the Stone Age album um, in Times New Roman. Um, really good new record. I saw them live this year, too. Um, four, I think I'm going to go with Metallica's 72 Seasons. Um, I agree with another caller. Um, I think it is probably their best since Death Magnetic, even though I know Death Magnetic had production issues, but song-wise, I think it was a really good record. Uh, Hardwired was pretty good, but it dropped off a little bit for me. So 72 seasons kind of brought it back to where I think they should be. Um, let see. Um, Duff McKagan's solo album, Lighthouse, I think is phenomenal. Um, I mean, it doesn't sound anything like Guns N' Roses. Neither does his previous solo record, but um, they're really good, like kind of singer-songwriter type records. And um, I really hope that he does some shows behind it because I'd really like to see these songs performed live. Um, I think he's an amazing songwriter. So that's number three. Uh, number two, I'm going to combine the two Rival Sons records. Um, I really don't know which one I like more. Um, Lightbringer, I do like a lot. Darkfighter, I just had a little bit more time with. Um, and I did get to see Rival Sons live this year. And then number one, I mean, I was completely blown away that the Stones could make a record like they did. Um, Hackney Diamonds is phenomenal. I think I've listened to it like three times uh, the first day that I got it. Um, I was just blown away that they could still make a record like that. Um, and I am going to see them next year in Soldier Field. It'll be the first time I've ever seen them. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. Good stuff. Thank you, Ricky. Appreciate that. Um, some things that have not come up so far in the show. We got about half an hour left. The, you know, I've been saying this for a while, LA guns since Tracy guns and Phil Lewis reunited have been on a hell of a run making new music. They've made like, I think three albums now since these guys came back together and their latest one, black diamonds also killer. If you're not hip to the last two or three LA guns records, I'm telling you, if you like straight up raw rock, it is so good. So, um, there's that there's a band of uh three young women from Mexico that have come up a number of times on this show the warning they released a record called error in 23 mike tramp former lead singer of white lion did something kind of interesting put out a record of re-recorded white lion songs and mike has had this conflicted relationship between uh you know, with White Lion, where at times he totally embraces it and at times he completely disavows it. <laughs> well, he's in he's been in embrace mode lately, came over to the U.S., played live shows with a new band playing White Lion songs. 
Also, Raven, band that's been around forever, put out a record, All Hell's Breaking Loose. And recently, Dokken, with an album called Heaven Comes Down, that got some pretty good re response from people as well. So there's a ton out there for you guys to dig into as far as new music. And as we talk about all the time, so much of this stuff comes out and is literally forgotten almost instantly because there's no sustained support. So talking about it, hearing your lists, calling it out, maybe gets it on the radar again for some people that maybe missed it over the course of the, uh, the past year. A couple other quick ones to shout out during the commercial break that I stumbled upon. You know, this is why I love having CDs. There, there are some of my favorite records I don't have on CD yet. Like I've got the, I've got Rival Sons Dark Fighter. I didn't get Lightbringer yet on CD. I've got to get that. But you got the CDs, you know, they're physically sitting there. You can rifle through them. They're right in front of you. It's not out of sight, out of mind. Two more to give shout outs to, though. I uh, definitely did not want to forget that our friend Aaron Jones made a second record in 2023 called Chronicles of the Kid. I love what Aaron does and love both of his records. And this one is no exception. And I also, uh, Shout out to The Raven Age, a newer band that features Steve Harris from Iron Maiden's Son. They open Maiden shows. They put out a record called Blood, Blood Omen. We had him on the show. Talk, we had both of those artists on the show this past year talking about those records as well. So there really is a lot more new music than you even think, and it's good to shine a light on it because so much of it could, frankly, use another look and some additional awareness. We've touched on a lot of it in the show so far today. And if you're just joining us, as I always say, you can easily rewind on the app or listen from the start on demand and uh, hear us chat and give you some thoughts on some new music that came out in 2023. Remember I'm live tomorrow as well. We'll get started as usual at three o'clock Eastern noon Pacific. And tomorrow we'll be talking about your top concerts of 2023. So get that list together. And then Thursday final live show of the year. We'll be officially in free-for-all mode, but we can pick up on any of this stuff that uh, maybe we didn't get to today or tomorrow or anything you want in the world of rock. So that's how we're finishing up 2023, which has been a phenomenal year. And for me personally, an incredible year, given that it puts a cap on me doing this for 40 years. And the celebration in Vegas a couple weeks ago was next level, crazy, epic. People are still talking about it. I'm still hearing things, still seeing things. And one of the things I look forward to in the new year is figuring out how we can bring you some of this professionally shot footage from that historic night at the House of Blues on December 11th. Hopefully we can sort that out in the new year as well. Back to Canada. Here is Don in Regina, Saskatchewan. Go ahead, Don. Hey, you're Eddie, on the air. Really enjoying hey, the Don. show today, as always. Thank you. I was going to... Start out at number five with Mike Tramp. You just mentioned him, the songs of White Lion. And I really, really think it's a great album. He did another uh, CD that came out a few years ago that was kind of under the radar where he was covering White Lion songs. And I thought some of them were better than the originals. They were really polished. And that one's uh, on my list for sure. And number four, I got Heart and Sacrifice by... Sweet and Lynch. Uh, I uh, most all five of the CDs on my list. They all come from bands that were rooted in the '80s, and I, I really think Michael Sweet, George Lynch, 
they do some great music together, and this is one of them. Uh, number three, as you had just mentioned, Black Diamonds by L.A. Guns. Another really solid effort from the band. Number two, Winger, Winger 7. Loved everything they put out. They're still just as good as the first album. I thought everything they put out has always been on my list as some of my favorite rock stuff that's come out. Um, yeah, I just wish sometime they'd find their way round into the province. I've seen many of the 80s type bands, but they've never come up this way. So we've traveled all over Vegas, all over to see Winger. Um, number one, as many have mentioned, 72 Seasons by Metallica. I think I got, uh, you know, a good inkling of what kind of album it would be by their preview videos that were on YouTube, you know, months before the record came out. And I wasn't disappointed when I listened to it start to finish. I think it's really solid all, all the way through. Good stuff. Thank you, Don. Appreciate you calling in, uh, squeezing as many as we can here before we wrap it close to the top of the hour. Here's Gator joining us in Indianapolis on Trunk Nation. Hi, Gator. Hi, Eddie. Thanks for taking my call and happy uh, holidays to you and your crew. As you Thank just you. mentioned, my number five, uh, Dawkin, that new album he put out is really good. I was, uh, you know, a little bit surprised it was that good. I I really enjoyed uh, Dawkins' new album. He just toured Indiana not very long ago or had a tour date up north, and I wanted to see him, but I was out of town. Um, number four, I'll go with uh, KK's Priest's new album. That thing is really good. Um, mm -hmm. Number three, I'll take Doro Pesh's new album. That's solid. She's got some guest appearances on uh, guest people on her new album. That's really good. Um, number two, I guess uh, Burning Witches, that uh, Dark Tower record they put out last May, I think, was really good. They just wrapped up a tour over here in the U.S. out west. They played at FAMP out there in Vegas, among other places, but it's a really good record. And uh, my number one record to be Metallica 72 Seasons. Thank That's you, Gator. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, man. We we uh, we got a lot of Metallica, and we got a lot of Extreme. I'd say in the calls that we've had time to take so far, I would say that those are the two front runners in terms of getting the most shout-outs as far as new music of 23. Here's Emmett in New Hampshire. Hi, Emmett. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going, Eddie? Good. Um, sorry, I'm a... Uh... Long-time listener, frequent emailer, and I listen to my app, so this is new. <laughs> Getting a, uh, Oh, well, phone, I'm glad so. you were I, – I said that <laughs> earlier. I'm sure there's some people that are off this week that are normally working and listening on the app, so it's great to welcome you and get you to call in live. So go ahead, Emmett. You're on the air. Let's awesome. hear from you. All right. Uh, number five, I got Sleep Token, Our Time in Eden. Number four, uh, Metallica, 72 Seasons. Number three, Godsmack, Lighting Up the Sky. Two, Queens of Stone Age and Times New Roman. And then number one, kind of weird, but it's awesome. Uh, Hardy, the Mockingbird, and the Crow. Who is that? What's the name of that? Say that band again. I don't Hardy. know who they are. Hardy. He's kind of like a country and he does like oh, Hardy. rock too. Yeah. So Yeah. No, I know awesome who Hardy album. is. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yep. I know. Who, 
seen them live actually. Great stuff. Thank you, Emmett. Appreciate it. Also, let's think about this. There are some artists that have uh, released new music with the full records coming in this new year coming soon. Sebastian Bach with a great single and video. So finally, his full new music will come in the new year. Judas Priest, two new songs so far from an album that we know is called Invincible Shield coming in March. So that looks promising. I mentioned to you I had an advanced listen to a new album from the Black Crows, which will be coming out in the new year, and that sounded great. And I also mentioned the other day that there was a bit of a listening party that I had some friends that I went that went to. Uh, I was not invited. I, I mean, I was invited. Take that back. I was invited. I was not in Los Angeles where it took place, though. And that is Marilyn Manson, who has made a new record. Uh, with his uh, producer, Tyler Bates. And I know people have heard the record. Manson was there at the listening event. And that will be really interesting to see how that comes out, how that's received, how that's marketed, how that's promoted, when it comes out. But it would seem like Manson is going to make an attempt to get back out there and at least release music. There was rumor that he was going to release a new song yesterday on Christmas Day. That, of course, did not transpire. Here's Sean in Connecticut next up. Hi, Sean. Hey, Eddie. How you doing? I'm good, Sean. What's your best uh, What's your best of 23 as far as music? Yeah, I got a couple, same as Emmett, just from New Hampshire. Um, could be a New England thing, but number five, not sure if I've heard this one yet, but Dave Matthews Band, Walk Around the Moon. No, we've not had that. Uh, had that one yet? Yeah. The, number four, I got Metallica, seventy-two seasons. Three, Winery Dogs. Three, I gotta give you credit for turning me on to those guys a few years back. Um, wish they were out touring a little bit more, but I know what's going on with Mr. Big and everything there. So, um, love to see those guys at some point. My number two. But they were they were they were pretty yeah. active in terms of touring this year. I mean, they act they toured a lot this year. They did the East, they did the West, they went out of the country. So, Winery Dog spent pretty much the year of 23 uh, okay. touring. Now, they'll they'll go underground again now for a while, but they they did do a decent amount of touring. Yeah, I know you you might be in with those guys. That'd be great to see them, you know, continue that after the Mr. Big stuff and everything, too. Just a, just a great, those first three records they have are really great. Um, yeah, I don't think, two, I, but, I yeah. absolutely think they're going to continue. I just think that it's going to be it, when they can carve out gaps. I think one of the big challenges is going to be now that Portnoy going back to Dream Theater, I would mm -hmm, imagine yeah. in the new year, you're looking at a record, you're looking at a big reunion tour, and I would think that's going to eat up a that's lot true. of the next year and then some with his return to that band. So I wouldn't be surprised if you really don't see or hear much from the winery dogs in, I don't know, 25, oh. end of 25, maybe even 26. Yeah, because yeah, that whole Dream Theater, that's definitely, if they put out new music, that's that's going to be a big deal for sure. And, it, and, and they said they want to do years. that. They said they want to do yeah, new music before great. live shows. So, Looking forward to that for sure. And, and listen to what you said about the Black Crows, looking forward to that. Uh, get back to the list. Um, number two, Seven Dust, Truth Killer. Uh, just to me, one of the best touring bands, live bands I've ever seen. 
Uh, those guys don't slow down. Every couple of years, they're putting out really good new music. And if you ever seen them live, they're you just you just <laughs> when you're done seeing them, you know they're just as natural and good as it gets. Uh, great great band with the fans too. So um, and I'm going to close out. Number one is Queens of the Stone Age in Times New Roman. Great to see those guys back at it. Saw them live and they were excellent. You know, that's a band that's come up a lot on today's show. And I know them and I yeah. certainly know who they are and I've seen videos and I've heard things. They're a band that I'm, I've never really totally gotten into and I really don't, maybe I haven't spent enough time doing it, but they're just a band that's hmm. eluded me a little bit. I, I completely know who they are, but I just uh, never really listened to them in enough detail to know if I like them or not. Interesting. Yeah. They've been around quite a bit, almost, you know, over oh, I know. years. So yeah, 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 I know, I know. Sure. They, uh, um, yes. Um, but, um, they, you know, same five guys they've had for probably the last two or three records and just, you know, they're very unique and different sounding. There's not too many bands out there like them. They, that's why they're really appealing, got their own kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and they're tight. They're really tight on, you know, live bands. So cool. But a lot of good Thank you, Sean. Here for sure. Thanks, yeah, exactly. Eddie. Thank you. Yeah, there is. That's the whole point of doing a show like this. Cause it, it, it helps create some awareness for it again, for people listening like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that record. Like sleep token came up quite a few times and uh, Queens of the stone age. So there you go. You know, uh, some different stuff, also stuff to look forward to for next year that we have. Well, we don't have early music from anthrax yet, but we know they're in the studio. So new album coming from them, which we should get next year. And we do have one new Ace Freely song out now, 10,000 Volts, of course, the full album, which will be coming out, I think, early next year. I think it's February or March. As a matter of fact, over the weekend, Ace texted me graphics for what will be the artwork for the next two singles coming from the record. One called Walking on the Moon, which is not a cover of the Police song, and another one called Cherry Medicine. So he's already lining up the next singles and videos that'll hit in uh, in advance of the full album. Let's go back to Canada, Ottawa. This is Mike calling in. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Eddie. Uh, happy holidays, and thanks for taking my call. Um, thanks. I'm going to start with number five. I got KK's Priest, The Center Rides Again. Um, number four, I got Elegant Weapons with Richie. Um, again, Priest-related, but... Uh, Oh, yeah, forgot about that. We had Richie on for that. Elegant Weapons is the new band from Priest guitarist Richie Faulkner that he's starting to put a record out with, starting to do stuff with in anticipation of, you know, the day that Priest ends because Richie's like 30 years younger than everybody else in that band, so he wants to continue, and smart for him to set that up now. Um, my number three is uh, King Cobra. We got We Are Warriors, we got Apathy and Johnny Rod. I love Johnny Rod. He's Watching him on YouTube, he's he's great. <laughs> um, and I had uh, I had Shortino, and uh, we had uh, Carlos Cavazo, who's in that band, on the show this past year for that record, actually. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I'm a regular listener up here in Canada. I, I love your show. Uh, and then Thanks. I go with Metallica, 72 seasons. I seen them at the Olympic Stadium in Montreal uh, this summer, and it was a great show. And I got to give them a mention. And then uh, Extreme would be, you know, Nuno Betancourt on, on guitar with the Rise solo and stuff. That's hard to beat. Um, and if I can give an honor, honorable mention, um, it's it's uh, it's the Rat King is named the album. It's Seven Heads. Tim Scold. I was a big Shotgun Messiah back in the day, and I 
think they didn't get as much play as they should have back in the day. Um, I, I loved Harry Cudi on guitar. Uh, he was like my favorite idol growing up in the '80s, but I just like to throw that out there. And thank so you. So, what's the what is it? A Tim Skold solo record? What is it, Mike? Yeah, he's like doing some uh, um, uh, industrial metal, I guess. You know, they call okay. it industrial metal, and he's doing his own solo stuff. Yeah, uh, with keyboards, and he plays guitar and sings. I like the record he made with Manson. I don't know if you ever heard that record, but that's a good record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so when he's he played he, in there. I don't know if he like he had like a solo album or anything, but when he played with Manson on guitar, yeah, he had some good tunes for sure. But he's on the record. I forget the name of the re- thanks Mike. I forget what record it was that he I don't know if it was Eat Me Drink Me. I can't remember the exact record, but he made a studio record, one studio record with Manson and um it was it was a cool record. It was the one that the only one that Tim Skold did. Try to get one more in here before we got to wrap it. Here's David in Portland. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Eddie. Uh, Merry Christmas. My, you too. Uh, list, thank you. My list is number five, uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, Kings of the yep. Asylum. Uh, number four, Overkill with Scorch. Number three, The Struts and Pretty Vicious, which I started listening to because of you, and they're amazing. I, I love them to death. Uh, number two, Alice Cooper and Road. And... For me, the, the best album of the year is Blink-182 and One More Time. First time we had that come up. Thank you, David. I got to run. First time we heard a Blink-182 shout-out in the last two hours. Interesting. Very, very diverse songs from everybody. We opened with like a ton of death metal stuff and then segued into everything from Extreme to Winger to Blink-182 to Queens of the Stone Age to Sleep Token. Very, very interesting. Thank you all for getting involved today. Well, as promised, we're going to give you a supersize, extra long podcast to start the new year. That was one show that I did about a week, week and a half ago of you guys calling in your top five albums of 2023. The following day, I did your top five concerts, according to you, for 2023. And here's that show for you. So we're going to get over to the phones here in a second. Let me just run down a few concerts on my end that I feel are that jumped out to me. I didn't sit there and go through like every ticket stub. I and mean, I was thinking about, it. I really should keep some sort of journal or some sort of record of the things I do every year and the shows I go to, because I it's so much, I just can never remember, but here's a few things that jumped out at me as far as some of my favorite concerts that I went to in the last year. Rival Sons at the House of Blues in Vegas. I've said many times I uh, I love a venue like that. It is the best environment if you actually want to listen to and watch a band. So I made a point of going to see Rival Sons doing their own headline show as opposed to opening for Smashing Pumpkins, which they were doing at the time. And it was mind-blowing as usual. Had a great spot down front, about 15 rows back from the stage. Stood there and soaked it all in. It was just incredible. Got to give a shout out to ACDC at Power Trip. I think most people were more than impressed by their performance. Nobody had seen ACDC in about six years, even longer with Brian Johnson singing. Nobody knew how they were going to do. I thought they did quite well. I thought the set list was incredible. 
I thought that really Power Trip was all about ACDC with all respect to the other five bands. And, you know, we don't know what they're going to do now. I'm shocked they haven't announced yet more shows. Obviously, that can still happen any minute. And I still expect it to happen. And I would expect those shows to be scattered all over the world, maybe in the spring and summer of next year. But but again, I'm speculating. Who knows? They may have done that Power Trip show and not been feeling it. I mean, it was a lot on them. It was a lot on those guys at their age to perform a two-hour set on a stage that big. And that's what they're going to have to do if they go out and tour. So I think one of the big storylines of 24 is going to be, are ACDC done? Does Power Trip stand as the last show we'll ever see? Or will they announce a string of dates? I'm still betting on a string of dates. We'll find out. But look, was the show perfect? No. Was it better than anyone could have expected from guys who hadn't played that long, that age? Absolutely. And it was a phenomenal set list. Just a massive setting. The complete opposite of seeing a band in a place like House of Blues. Instead seeing them with like 100,000 people. But I had to put that on there. Going back to the small club vibe. Just a couple months ago, I went to see my friend's Dirty Honey at a small club in Vegas called the Sand Dollar downtown. Great up close, 100% real live rock show. Mark LaBelle singing his ass off. John Notto, tremendous guitar player. Loved it. You know, packed down in front, sounding great. You're right on top of the band. Great songs, great vibe. I remember those guys played L.A. the next day, and they're like, oh, you know, playing a much better place. It's a theater. Come to L.A. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm cool here. And I went to that club, which is inside the Plaza Hotel downtown in Vegas, and it was just the perfect setting. It was like a Sunday night. It was just great. Also, uh, the winery dogs, who I saw many times in 23, and I'm very glad got back out there. And their latest album came up on a few lists yesterday. But I saw them several times, but the show that jumps out at me was at a place in Dallas called Gas Monkey Live, which I'm not sure if even is still there. I think when I was there, I was hearing that it was going to close soon or something. Or change to something, I'm not sure. But of the different places that I saw them, I really liked that show because it was a unique setting. It was super packed, which isn't always good. But it was the the venue is set up where there's like an outside area and an inside area. And uh I just, you know, just a cool, it was a cool setting, a cool vibe, cool stage. And of the several performances I saw from those guys, that one kind of jumps out to me. I'm pretty sure that uh, this happened in 23. I saw Alter Bridge at the Wellmont Theater in New Jersey. Beyond packed, beyond loud. Alter Bridge, one of the loudest bands <laughs> I've ever listened to. But I love that band, and I thought they were phenomenal as usual. Tesla, who I always see several times in a year and always look forward to, they did two runs at the House of Blues in Vegas. I didn't make the first run. I did make the second run. And I just thought, 
they turned in a great, great set, changing up a few songs every night. And now we know Tesla will be doing a third run at the House of Blues of about five shows coming up in a few months. But again, great setting, great band, and really, really uh, cool set list they did the night I went. I think I went two nights in a row back-to-back, if I recall. And finally, what jumps out at me is Extreme on the Monsters of Rock cruise earlier this year. We know that they will be on Monsters of Rock once again coming up this uh, next year in just a couple months. But they played twice on the cruise, as most bands do. And the show that I'm singling out is the first of their two performances because you may remember that after the first performance, the next day, Nuno Betancourt was supposed to come on the air with me on this show, was playing basketball and blew out his knee while playing basketball. So their second performance on the cruise was extraordinarily difficult because of the pain he was in. First performance was great, and that was the first time he ever played the song Rise live. And it was outside at the pool stage, which is my favorite place to see bands on a cruise ship. It's just an amazing setting. So the first of the two performances from Extreme, and Extreme have been out there ever since playing more shows coming up. And I was told Nuno had to get some surgery at some point when he was going to have real downtime. I'm assuming he's just been toughing it out this whole time. Seems to be moving better. But uh, I was told he still needs some work done to have that thing completely fixed up. But we'll see. He will be uh, performing once again with Extreme uh, two years in a row now on Monsters of Rock and will not be playing basketball. I can assure you of that. So those are some shows for me personally that jump out. Another one that just hit me, Alice Cooper and Ace Freely at the uh, Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada. I believe that was in 23, early 23, maybe. I had not seen Alice with his full production on that tour. It was incredible. Ace, a very good opening act for Alice, so I thought that was a good double bill as well. And I'm sure there's a ton more that I'm forgetting. And maybe you guys will remind me of once we get into it here with you on the phones. Hey, obviously, before we get to the concerts here, as far as concerts, how, how could I not include my own concert a couple weeks ago at the House of Blues, which, needless to say, was my concert of the year? I mean, not even close. I, I, so, I mean, I'm not being self-serving here, and I'm not saying it because it was an event for me. I'm saying it more as a tip of the hat to the uh, artists who performed. But hands down, you know, I wasn't even thinking in that realm. I'm thinking of just concerts I went to, not a concert I actually put on. But yeah, I mean, it goes without saying here, with, with, no questions asked that my 40th event was by a mile my concert of the year and taking a step back from it objectively taking me out of it every single person i talked to has told me that it was that that went has told me that again it's a credit to the artists that performed and i'm not it's not 
yeah, I put it together with friends, but it's the performances, the way it ran, who showed up, the combination of people that played. You're not going to go to any other concerts for a long time, if ever, where you're going to have Michael Anthony, Alice Cooper, Geezer Butler, Corey Taylor, Jay Buchanan, Sammy Hagar, Ace Freely, Lita Ford, Sebastian Bach, uh, Brad Gillis. I mean, on and on and on. You, I mean, you know, uh, Pat Travers, Kevin Cronin. You, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna see stuff like that ever again, really. So, uh, yeah, goes without saying that my 40th was concert of a lifetime. But I, I kind of, for me, separated that out because that's just kind of a given. But I thought I'd mention that. All right, let's get into it with you guys. Jacob in Dallas starts us off. He's our first caller with his favorite shows of the year. Jacob, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Eddie. Um, you too. I went to a lot of shows this year, and I try to use your ticketing method the best I can. I use it for sports and everything. But with that being said, number five, uh, Ace Freely. Uh, $4 on StubHub, day of, but $25 upgrade, VIP, and, you know, they made their money off of me. Um, and we, you know, I didn't go to hear great vocals or anything. I know he's a guitar player, so it is what it is. But number four, uh, I saw Bush as well. Very good. Uh, vocals were very great um, from Rosdale. Number three would be the Pantera show opening for Metallica on the M72 tour. Uh, that day, that Friday, I went to the uh, grave and paid my respects to the brothers, and that night saw uh, saw that Pantera 2.0, as you like to call it. Uh, I heard more of um, Phil's vocals and the kick drum than anything during that, but it blew my socks off. Number two, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I got lawn seats and then, you know, I was there early and upgraded uh, to about fifth row behind, you know, the stage for 20 bucks. Sometimes Live Nation is there with a 10 if you get early enough for upgrades. Blew me away. Uh, number one is the M72 Metallica World Tour. I went both nights here in uh, at Arlington. Uh, first time seeing Metallica. Uh, very emotional and it, and it knocked me off my seat there. And the second night, the the sound was way more tuned in. Um, I mean, the first night the sound was great, but that second night it was definitely you know way clear and just what a big difference on that. And more um, concerts to go this year, Eddie for 2024. I'm looking forward to. So thank you and keep rocking. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate that. Thanks for calling that in. So a couple notes on Jacob's stuff. First of all, he's was uh, given his price points, too, and how he worked out, which is always cool. But so Metallica, I saw Metallica play a power trip. And I saw Metallica play, I think it was early this year, downtown L.A. at the theater. I don't know what they're calling the theater now. They change the name of these buildings all the time, but there's it might be called the Dolby theater. I'm not sure what they're calling it, but there's a the theater in downtown LA that's attached to by Staples center, which isn't called Staples center anymore either. I can't keep up with the names, 
But Metallica did the All Within My Hands charity concert, like 5,000 capacity theater. So I saw them there, which was a very different show because the first half was acoustic. And I remember I lost my mind because they played an obscure UFO song during the acoustic set. And then the second half was an electric show. And then I saw Metallica just recently, a power trip. Neither of those shows were the 72 Seasons production where they're doing the two shows and three nights deal. So I've not seen that yet with the big in the round stage and the different sets each night. And I know there's more of that coming up. So maybe in 24, I'll get to see one of those shows. But I did see Metallica twice, just not in that configuration. The uh, the two acts that he mentioned, Jacob did, that I wanted to shout out real quick. He mentioned Bush. I saw Bush played Rocklahoma, which I host every year on uh, Labor Day weekend. And if you remember when I came on the air after Rocklahoma, I was raving about Bush. I thought they were phenomenal. I mean, Gavin Rossdale still looks like he's 30 and uh, still sounds like it. And the band was real good and really heavy, like way heavier. Even the new stuff was really good. So that was a good one that I forgot to, to mention. And I also saw Pantera 2.0, as I call them, at that show. Uh, they closed it. And I mean, it was just, it was, it was massive. It was just so, so cool to hear those songs live again. Again, I am somebody that saw Pantera, the, the real band, the original band in a club when they were completely unknown. I'll never forget it. It was at a place called the fast lane. It was in Asbury park, New Jersey. It was on like a Tuesday night and there was maybe a hundred people there. Maybe. So that's how far back I go to seeing Pantera. So that is Pantera to me. But I think what they're doing is respectful the way they're doing it. Obviously, Charlie and Zach are phenomenal. And obviously, you'll be getting more of that in 2024. Let's get uh, Marco in Arizona on next. Marco, what were your, uh, some of your live highlights of, of the year? All right, man. Uh, uh, number five, it's going to be Liliac. Number four, Megadeth. Number three, Ringo Starr. Number two, Baby Metal. And uh, number one, uh, this is Radio Guy. I think his uh, name is uh, Eddie Trunk. They did this uh, 40th thing for him in Vegas. Number one, man. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. Appreciate it. Marco with an eclectic mix there on his list. Here's Alyssa, who is in Colorado, joining us. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, um, it's Lisa. And, oh, Lisa. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, no worries. We're, we're good. Uh, so number five was Peter Gabriel. We actually did the Eddie Trunk method on that one, bought the tickets day of. Totally worth it. Peter sounded <laughs> amazing. Number four was Duran Duran. That was our Red Rocks concert this year. Um, number three was The Boss. We actually had a budget and ended up not overpaying for that concert 
but we ended up with nosebleed seats behind the stage. Bruce didn't block off the arena like a lot of artists do, so we were behind the stage. And while we're sitting there waiting, up comes this lady with a handful of tickets, and my husband and I knew what that meant. We waved her down. We ended up row one behind the stage. Oh, wow. For free. I had a friend who nice. paid through the nose for floor seats. Yeah, it was great. Um, number two was Clapton. Really, really enjoyable. And my number one was um, Last in Line. And for that one, my kids bought me the meet and greet um, for that performance. And it was just a small venue. And you're right up there on the stage, against the stage. They sounded great. So much fun. Yeah, that's a good one that I forgot about, Lisa. Last in Line, I hosted their album release show, which was at the Hard Rock in Vegas. And that was a great show as well. Anytime you get a chance to see them, they're always great. Andrew Freeman, a phenomenal singer, doing both the original stuff and the Dio stuff as well. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. Springsteen on her list, a bunch of other stuff as well. And that's got my gears turning about some of the stuff that I saw that I forgot about to, to throw out, but I'll do that along the way. Binghamton, New York. Aaron is joining us now on Trunk Nation. Go ahead, Aaron. Eddie, two times in two days. I'll there tell you, you, you really are the, the patron saint of heavy rock. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate right, it. So what's your What's your favorite shows, Aaron? Give me some. I'll rip I'll rip through them. So I just saw in October. I saw Extreme open for Godsmack. Godsmack's always great. Extreme was phenomenal. I just wish I'd like to see them on a headlining tour. I saw them on a on a festival one time, but I'd like to see a, a more full set. Well, uh, they did that. They did yeah. their. They did a big headline run with Living Color opening, which is a great double bill, and I think there's more of that coming. But yeah, that's the way you want to see them doing their own show because that's you know that's an hour and a half, just awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I missed uh, I missed their 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 full full show their headlining tour. So August, I saw Mastodon, Gojira, and Lorna Shore, which you probably don't care for Lorna Shore deathcore, but that was great. I saw Pantera with Lamb of God opening, uh, also in August. Um, M3 Fest, I like festivals. So I went to M3 this year. That was good. And Warren, Warren always, I always like Warren sets. Um, and then my favorite show was the, the uh, Decibels Metal and Beer Fest in Philly back in April. And I think the set of the year for me was Incantation doing Diabolical Conquest in its entirety. So you're into the real heavy stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. I called in yesterday. I think I was a second caller. We, Four of my top five were all uh, death metal and then extreme. Six was my name. Aaron, I'm curious. Um, th that festival that you mentioned in Philly that was at the top of your list, uh, with a bill like that, I know those bands have their following and have their audiences, but how? what does a festival like that roughly attendance-wise do? How many people? It's packed. It's packed. It's at the um, the Fillmore if you've ever been to the Fillmore, it's a beautiful spot. It's kind of a rough part of Philly, but it's a beautiful uh, place. It's like a giant, uh, it's like a giant bar basically with uh, an upper deck and then a huge floor. I would say that is always at like 90%, 95% capacity. So but it's every, a theater. Fillmore's a theater, right? It's it's not like a theater that you would think of when you see like sit down because there's no there's no seating really. Um, so okay. it's a wide open floor. 
Uh, right. And it, it's, it's not a bad seat in the house. But, yeah, right. 90, I'd say 95% capacity. All right. Aaron, thank you. Appreciate you calling in. So 90% capacity, but if, you know, the venue probably holds three to 5,000 people. So you're looking at anywhere from three to 4,000 people actually in there. I was just curious because obviously something like that, that's more of the extreme death metal stuff. When they do a a quote unquote festival, it's not 30, 40, 50,000 people. Obviously it's anywhere from probably three to 5,000 in a theater with multiple bands. It's just, that's just what the draw is there. By the way, Lisa mentioned uh, Springsteen, and I went uh, about a week ago, well, it was a week ago, Monday, I hosted uh, an event for Chris Angel, the magician in Vegas, and in the audience was little Steven Van Zant, who is an old friend and I had not seen in a long time. He was there with his wife, and we talked for a minute, and um, Steven actually bid on one of the auction items for the charity. And he won a, a, a yacht, a, 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 the use of a yacht f- f- to like Cabo for like a, a, a day or something. <laughs> I think he'd take like 12 or 14 people with him or whatever. So if you see little Steven cruising around in a yacht, I mean, there you go. Charity auction winner. It was good to see Steven. I had not seen him in a while. I'll never forget, Stephen Van Zant was a guy that, I'm I'm pretty sure he still has his channel here on Sirius XM, but he was a guy that, like, for over 20 years, you know, for a long, long time, I was always doing one show a week here, first on Boneyard, then on Hair Nation, and I could not get beyond that. And it was, in all honesty, immensely frustrating. And Steven was a guy, I remember we had lunch and he was like, I'm going to get you on my channel. You're going to do a show for me. And we, we, you know, I said, Steven, if you can make that happen, I'm all in. And he, he, he couldn't either. <laughs> it wasn't until uh, uh, my former PD, the great Roger Coletti, launched volume and was able to make that happen. And that's how that all happened. But I remember Steven... Early on, very big supporter of of mine and did everything he could to try to expand my role here. And I'll never forget that. But it was good to see him in Vegas. We hadn't seen each other in a while. Here's Mike in North Carolina. What's going on, Mike? Congratulations on 40, Eddie. Headed to 41. Happy New Year. Thank you, bud. I got kind of a diverse list here i got a tie at number five i saw samantha fish at the beginning of the month of december in a small club and then saw her mid-december open up for steve miller band so that's that's my number five slot Uh, she came up yesterday samantha fish came up on the show yesterday as far as uh top albums of last year it's interesting and cool to see her getting some love she's a, a female blues rock guitar player i've seen her play live that's cool yeah, I, I heard that yesterday, so I, that's one, one of the reasons I threw it in. But she's, she's really good. I've seen her about four, five, six times. Uh, number four, I've got the Dave Matthews Band, Two Nights in Charlottesville in November. It, the sets were different both nights. He's all live. He, he's he's good, had a lot of different artists with him. Good shows. Number three is Pantera. Had a meet and greet with them in Virginia Beach in, uh, I think it was late August, early September. 
Number two is the guy that's still getting it done, Alice Cooper with uh, Rob Zombie and Filter and those guys. And then number one, uh, thanks for turning me on to these guys, was the Winery Dogs in Elevation 27, a small club in Virginia Beach. They blew the roof off that place. Good stuff, Mike. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Mike mentioned the Dave Matthews Band. And 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 real quickly, every time I hear somebody bring up the Dave Matthews Band, I'll tell you guys a quick, funny story. I don't remember the year the Dave Matthews Band's debut album came out. Look that up for me when you get a chance, Joel, and let me know. I want to say probably 30 years ago, roughly. But I'm, of course, working in radio, the station I'm working for at the time. Uh, man, I nailed that. 1993, exactly 30 years ago. Crazy. All right. So, yeah. So I'm working in, in radio 10 years in. And my station in New Jersey says to me, um, you know, go down to the Arts Center. The venue's still there. It's at the time was called the garden state art center. It's now called PNC or something, but they said, go, they said the horde tour. If you guys don't remember the horde tour, H O A R D. It was, if I recall, it was run by John Popper and headlined by blues traveler. So this is not my world of rock music, but back then working in radio, if I went and did something like that, they'd pay me a little something and I could, you know, it was, it's just like picking up a little gig. So I remember them telling me the Horde tour is at the Art Center. We need somebody from the station to go down and represent and go out on stage and introduce the first band, and then you can leave. So I was like, okay, who's the first band? And they said it was a band called the Dave Matthews Band. Never heard of them. First band on from like, like on a six-band bill. I'm like, okay, what time is this band going on? They're like, well, their first band on, they're going on at like 1.30 in the afternoon. It's just like, oh, shit. I was like, all right, I get down there at 1. I could be out the door at 1.35, make a couple bucks, go home. So I agreed to do it, and I get to the art center, and uh, I remember talking to Dave Matthews and talking to the guy that I think plays violin and I was like, hey, man, uh, my name's Eddie. I'm from the local rock station here. You know, nice to meet you guys. And the, the, the violin guy was not like, he was not in a good mood. He was not happy. And I just remember those guys. Uh, I walked out on stage and I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome to the Horde Tour 1993. It's, uh, you know, I'm Eddie Trunk and uh, like to get it started with our first band of the tour. Uh, please welcome from wherever they're from, Virginia. I don't know where they're from. So please welcome the Dave Matthews Band. And I swear to God, there was maybe 100 people there to see him. Maybe 100 people. Because, again, it was so early in the day. They weren't a known band at the time. So I stayed and I watched their set. And, again, I respected what they did, but it's it's not my thing. I like I like hard rock, obviously. But I'll, I'll never forget. I was sitting right Right behind this venue, behind the stage, backstage, there is a catering room where the artists, whoever are playing and their crews eat. And I'm sitting in the catering room talking to somebody 
And the guys from Dave Matthews Band, I hung out for a little bit. They had been off the stage for a little while, and they came in to eat. And I remember that violin guy and one of the other guys in the band, and they were just miserable. And they were, like, just down at the fact that they just played, like, 100 people. And it's like, I don't know how much longer I can do this and all that. And then, like, it seemed like a week, but it was probably a year or so later. Dave Matthews Band headlining Giant Stadium. <laughs> so every time I hear Dave Matthews Band, I think of that story, and it goes back to the, you know, what I say all the time is you never know when you go see these bands, these bands that you've never heard of, these opening acts. It's like, oh, I'm going to stay in the parking lot and drink beers. Yeah, I get it, but you know what? You never know what that band is going to turn into and you never know if you can see a band like that at a ground level, at a really special, uh, you know, having that sort of special memory. I've got the ticket stub. The Rods, Vandenberg, opening act, this group no one ever heard of called Metallica. I was there. So you never know. Here's Andrew in Philly. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Eddie, thanks for taking my call. Um, so this is the first year I actually counted how many shows I've been to. And after tomorrow, I will have seen 22 shows this year. But I got okay. five for you. All right. So number five is Thrice, uh, which is the band I think you'd really dig if you saw them live. Uh, just crush live. Uh, Aware of four, who they are, but don't really know their music. Yeah, they started in like 2000. They started kind of as like a pop punk screamo kind of band, but they really evolved into a more kind of just really good rock band now. But I think you dig their last couple albums. Um, number four is Brian Adams. Just a night full of smash hits, all live, great performer. Uh, number three is Striper. I've uh, seen them a few times now, and just my favorite band out of the 80s, really, out of that whole scene. They just always bring in Michael Sweet's a, a god. Uh, number two, first time I saw Metallica in, uh, what was it, uh, the Meadowlands. Uh, and shout out to Overkill, who opened the parking lot that day, because that was a highlight for me. Mm -hmm. um, and number one, best show of the year for me was The Darkness. Uh, one of the best, this is my first time seeing them, one of the best rock and roll bands I've seen. Just great energy, tight as hell, and all live, most importantly. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that. So Andrew mentioned Striper sending our best to Michael Sweet, who had some surgery on his thyroid. I spoke to him just before he had the surgery had a bit of a health scare there, but if you follow him on social media, posted a photo, and he is recovering, so wishing him a speedy recovery. A great guy and obviously phenomenal singer and guitar player. And he also mentioned Brian Adams, who I wanted to go. I haven't seen Brian Adams play live in ages, and I wanted to go, and I planned to go in Vegas, and I was actually in touch with Brian the night I could go and he was nice enough to say, Hey, I'll leave you some tickets. But then his tour manager chimed in and said, I can't, we are literally tapped out. We don't have a ticket left. So they offered me to go the next day and I was leaving town the next day. So I just missed seeing him. I'd happened to be there cause he was doing a residency at the Venetian, I think. 
But Brian Adams has gotten really active again playing in America. For a long time, it didn't seem like he played all that much here on a consistent basis, but that's definitely changed, and I'm hoping we can do another interview with him maybe in the new year. Let's uh, go to Youngstown, Ohio, and welcome Dan on his favorite shows in 2023. What's up, Dan? Hey, how you doing, Eddie? Happy New Year. You too, Dan. Thank you. Hey, so number five, uh, my fiance dragged me to this concert, and whether you hate her or not, or I know she's not this type of music, but Taylor Swift, I mean, the performance she put on at Heinz Field night one, the way she took over the music industry this year, just insane. So she's number five. Uh, number four, I saw Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks in Columbus at Ohio Stadium. Both were fantastic. My first time seeing Stevie Nicks. Uh, number three, Alice Cooper in Youngstown. He loves coming to Youngstown. We have an Alice Cooper day here now in Youngstown for him. Number two, Rod Stewart and Cheap Trick in Pittsburgh. Both put on a great performance. Cheap Trick is such a great opening band. And then you had Hot Rod coming out after. And number one, my favorite band. I have tickets to see them in Cleveland if they ever, you know, reschedule the dates. I was one of the lucky ones to see them in Pittsburgh, Aerosmith and the Black Crows on their big farewell tour. So hopefully they get those dates rescheduled. Yeah, I'm hearing August, Dan, nothing written in stone, but I'm hearing August pending Steven's recovery. And thank you, Dan. So this is great that we're doing this because this got me triggering other stuff to tell you guys along the way. But I'm hearing August and, you know, Tyler does a charity event in L.A. around the Grammys. It's in February. It's called uh, Janie's Fund. It's his charity for abused women. And they invited me to go to it the last year or two, and I've not been able to make it. They invited me to go again this year. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get to L.A. at that time. I'm going to try. The Black Crows are playing. Usually Steven sings at that. I'm hearing that he's not likely going to sing because, again, he's trying to get better for the tour. So that's why they're bringing in the Black Crows. And remember, Tyler is a great drummer, so he might get up on stage and just play some drums from what I'm hearing. But yeah, I did not see one of the first shows, even though the Aerosmith tour started right in my uh, my main home in the New York, New Jersey area. I didn't get there because I was West at the time. But I had planned to go see them in L.A. I had that set up and all of that. And then obviously that all went south. So hopefully that is one of the storylines we'll look forward to next year and hope that they can resume he mentioned Taylor Swift, and again, obviously Taylor Swift is a pop act, but if you went to that show and it was among your top five concerts, I mean, again, you don't, whatever was your top five, whatever the genre may be, it is undeniable that Taylor Swift is the biggest, taking genre out of it, the biggest touring entity in the world that, that touring has ever seen. I mean, I think statistically what she did is the biggest drawing, grossing live spectacle ever created in music. I mean, I don't even think it's close. So whether you are a fan of that style of music or not, irrelevant, you just have to be amazed 
of what was created there and what she is. And I don't, I don't know if anything, any artist has ever been bigger. Sickeningly, if you're a chiefs fan, because it's become unbearable <laughs> trying to watch football, if she's at the game. It's just the dumbest thing in the world, but you know, that's celebrity and the absurdity of, of some of it. But from a production standpoint, of all the people I've talked to who went to see Taylor Swift, they do say it is something to behold. It's like nothing from a production standpoint, like nothing anyone has ever seen. Now, I'm not about to go through what you have to go through to try to get a ticket to one of her shows just to look at the production. If it was easy and I was offered, great, but I'm not going to go spending thousands of dollars when I'm not into the music. But it is pretty remarkable what she was, I mean, unprecedented, really, what she has done. I know there's a movie out now, so maybe I'll see the production that way. I don't know. And two other things I should mention that I didn't. How could I have not mentioned these? The uh, finally getting into the sphere was huge in 2023. And, you know, I talked about the sphere a lot in Vegas because. It, it has the potential to be a game changer in the way that we take in concerts. And I think it is. And I think it delivered on that front. Now, as far as the actual concert, I it's not in terms of the performance. It's not among my top five performances because I'm not a huge U2 fan. I don't dislike them. I don't love them. I'm just kind of like, I like some of their stuff, but just not like, at all a crazy U2 guy. But I thought they sounded great. I thought, you know, Bono sang great. I thought they were good for U2. I'm just not huge into them. But the production and the experience of being in the sphere on opening night, I went the night it opened, and seeing that building and seeing that technology and seeing U2, who, of course, are still playing there, and it keep extending. And I mean, when you think about what they've done, it's unheard of. I think when all is said and done, 40 shows in the same place in a venue that holds nearly 20,000 people and every one of them sold out. That is just insane. So that is another massive story when it comes to touring and playing in 2023. Both the business you two did and continues to do, and also the birth of the sphere. And the, there's there was a start of a second sphere in London. They've halted that. There's been some problems with the politics in the city, but hopefully they'll get that sorted out. But um, I've been in the sphere three times total since it opened. Opening night for you two, and twice for the movie that they show in there. And just from a sound and production standpoint, totally new ground was broken with that building opening. And one other quick note, a shout out to another show that I saw now that I'm thinking of Vegas, and this was kind of like out of nowhere. I went to see Leonard Skinner at... Uh, what used to be the hard rock and is now called the Virgin in Vegas and great 
venue to see a show in perfect capacity, about 5,000. I didn't even know Skinner were playing. It was super last minute. Walked in there, just phenomenal performance. It was just before Gary Rossington had passed away. Damon Johnson, it was the first time I saw him playing with the band. And uh, so good. And so classy the way they handle what Skinner is with no original members. They tell you right up front, this is a tribute to the music of Leonard Skinner, and they do it brilliantly on those incredible songs. So that was another one that I kind of forgot about that jumped out at me because it was not planned. I forget I was there for something else with someone else. I'm like, Skinner's playing tonight. And I ended up going in. They were, it was just great. Picking it up with Dave, who's in central Florida joining us next. Hey, Dave. Hey, Eddie. Uh, my number five show uh, was uh, Mammoth WVH with Nita Strauss opening up. Um, they they did a show at House of Blues in Orlando that uh, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and Nita Strauss just killed it. Uh, that, it's a good pairing. Really two strong, really live bands. Um, so that was my number five. Uh, my number four um, was Black Veil Brides. Um, gang vocals and guitar solos. Uh, they performed at a small bar over in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Andy Black, the singer for Black Veil Brides, is from over that way. He lives over there with his wife, Little Azar, and uh, just a really good crowd in a small bar, and they brought it. They were really strong. So if you get to see them, Black Veil Brides, uh, I think you would enjoy that show. I know, I know, and then, Andy. Was that a Dave? Was that a regular announced show, or was that like a pop up thing? No, it was announced show. Um, the the it was part of the they had a uh, um, they did a co headlining tour with Vila Viva, which is a um, a European uh, artist who he was the lead singer of a, a band. Uh, called him that was had a very oh yeah following um, i know they are and, but yeah and uh so he did the opening on that show uh and they did a tour but that saint petersburg show was at a place called janice live in downtown saint petersburg and but it was that that show came out from black Veil brides and just a just a great show and a great venue too janice lives just a great venue um, All right. My number three. My number three show was back earlier in the year. It was uh, Mammoth WDH uh, opening up for Alter Bridge at Hard Rock Live over in Orlando. And uh, man, like you had said before, uh, Alter Bridge is pretty loud. They've been incredible energy to that show, and man, I just can't beat Miles Kennedy's vocals. Uh, he came out and uh, did a couple of acoustic songs, uh, and just the, the crowd was nuts for that. So just a a, a great show there with that one. And then uh, the number two show um, over in Orlando was uh, the Struts with a band called Max Saturn out of Michigan opening up. And uh, uh, my wife, she's, she's not really in, in tune with my, my, my music, but I convinced her to come to see the Struts and she didn't know any songs whatsoever other than listening to the disc on the way to the show in the car. On the way back, she was signing up to be in the fan club. She is absolutely <laughs> a Struts fan now. And um, we're going to go to Welcome to Rockville um, this coming May over in Daytona. And uh, they're playing the same day that the Foo Fighters are. Uh, so you know, she's on board with that. But the Struts, just awesome band. 
um, and a great show. And my number one is seeing Def Leppard and Motley Crue on the second night in Atlantic City. And when John Five's second night as a guitarist in Motley Crue. And he looked like he was a kid in a candy store on that night. He was nothing but a big smile running all over the stage. Um, just it, the band had so much energy I'd never seen. I'd seen him uh, with Mick on the stadium tour in Orlando at Camping World. And it was a great show. But because of Mick's health issues, he just could not move around. Right. Um, it sounded great. He, I mean, Mick sounded awesome. Um, but he just couldn't move around. Uh, but John five just provided a different, uh, energy level and that got Nikki six moving around. Uh, and then Def Leppard was just, you know, they're so good live and they have such good vocals and being in a small venue like that, we were fortunate enough to get pit tickets and these guys had been playing stadiums for so long. It was kind of neat to see them come out first and, and, be used to not being that close to people in that small venue and then get used to it and then interact with the people that were down there next to the stage, like being in a small, smaller venue. It was really, really great energy, really great show, but it was was hard for me to pit. Yeah. I got to run. Got a ton of calls. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for calling all that in. Appreciate it. Uh, I remember when Leopard and Motley played those two shows together in Atlantic City. That was John's first shows. I remember he invited me to come down, but again, I was out of town. But I do remember when those happened. And Dave's point about that John moving around is, if you you heard, you know, when I saw video, I've still not seen John play in Motley Crue since he's been in the band. But the one thing that I saw from the videos that I mentioned to him, which is very, very different, is the is the is the motion and the movement because you're not used to seeing any movement on the right side of the stage watching Motley because of course Mick is dealing with a lot. Under it's understandable, obviously. But when you but now that John is in there, you got a guy that's literally running around, darting around back and forth each side of the stage. So it definitely changes the uh, the look and the dynamic of the way Motley is when they play live because you now have three guys that are moving, one in John that's probably moving more than anyone. Here's Carly in Indiana. Hi, Carly. Hi, Eddie. Congratulations on 40 years, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I appreciate that. What are your favorite shows of the year? Um, so number five is Disturbed. Number mm-hmm. four is number four is Dawkins because me and my dad got um, front row, side stage. Uh, number three oh. is Ace Frehley. Um, oh. I got like we got like front row. Well, I got front row. Um, number two is Alter Bridge. That was an amazing show. Number one is Tom Kiefer because uh, I got to meet him. It was a great show. And and uh, did you go with your dad to all those shows? Yeah. Good parenting right there from your dad. <laughs> Thank you, Carly. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a happy new year. Look at that. Dad taking his daughter to some great concerts right there. Kiefer is another one. Kiefer is always great live and is truly live. I'll be seeing Tom at Rock Island coming up soon. 
That was the other thing I was thinking about. What shows? It's a whole unrelated thing, but what's going to be the first show that you see? And maybe you guys might want to bring this up tomorrow. What'll be the first show in the new year that you'll see? Like what's on your schedule? As it stands now, for me, it'll be Mr. Big in Houston on the 12th because I'm hosting it. Uh, as I mentioned, I was supposed to host Piercy and Faster Pussycat later this week, this weekend actually at the Whiskey in LA, but I'm not going to be able to make it west now. So the next shows for me and the next appearance for me is January 12th in Houston at Rise, and it's the start of Mr. Big's farewell run, alleged. <laughs> in uh in the US. And then from there, right over to Rock Island, where it'll be five bands a day for four bands, five bands a day for four or five days, something like that. And and Kiefer's on that, Mr. Big's on that, Stone Temple Pilots are on that. I don't have the full roster right in front of me, but that should be great. And it's a great setting there at a small amphitheater in Key West. I think you can still get some tickets. If you're interested, uh, daily tickets or full, or the full slate tickets, uh, I think it's Rock Island Fest. RockIslandFest.com, I believe, is the website. Uh, Rock Island spelled R-O-K. But yeah, come on out and join us for that. That should be great. And then it'll just keep going from there. I've got uh, got stuff out in L.A. And then I've got. Monsters Cruise coming and those Creed Cruises, a lot of stuff going on. So diving headfirst after this short break, right back into it in 2024, as far as shows and stuff going on. Jeff in California. Go ahead, Jeff. You're on the air. Hey, Eddie. Thank you for taking my call and congratulations on 40 years of flying the flag for rock and roll. And um, thank you, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Happy New Year. Happy Merry Christmas. Um, Same to you. If you don't, thank you, thank you. So, I couldn't get through yesterday, so I want to give you my best concert from 2023. I picked one. It was really hard to pick one. And then, if I, if you don't mind, after that, if I could run down my top five albums, I'll go sure, fast. Sure, yeah. Okay, so my concert of the year was Mammoth WVH opening for Alter Bridge. <clears throat> Mammoth was Wolfgang is just so he's amazing, and to see him live, you really have to see him live. And Alter Bridge, I've seen Miles with Slash before, but I hadn't seen Alter Bridge yet, and they were so good. And they were at this place in San Bernardino, this great venue called the Yamawaba Casino. Great seats, great sound. It was it's perfect if you ever get a chance to go there. Um, top five albums, really quick. Number five. And it was really tough in 2023 for me to narrow it down to five. There was so much good music in our genre, you know, that came out this year. Number five was Mammoth WBH 2. Number four was Metallica 72 Seasons. Number three was Rival Sons Dark Fighter Light Bringer because it was technically a double album just released, you know, at the beginning and at the end of the year. But it's, I think mm-hmm. it's meant to be listened to. Anyway. Uh, number two, KK's Priest, The Sinner Rides Again. And number one, Overkill, Scorched. That is That band, Overkill, they just keep getting better and better as they go on. Yeah, I agree. I've always uh, – thank you, Jeff. Appreciate all that. I really think that um, – I've, 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 re- I've said it often. I think Overkill is truly one of the most underrated metal bands when you consider they've been going at it now for – about 40 years. 
I mean, if you trace the early beginnings of the band back and they, they really, in a lot of ways are still, I think, very underrated. They are consistently great live and have consistently released some great records as well. A lot of love for Wolf coming up today, too, which is cool to see both the record, the second record, and, of course, the live shows. Ray and Marilyn next up. Hey, Ray. Hey, Eddie. How about my Ravens? Yeah, that was impressive, man. That was very impressive. Yeah, we're looking good going into the playoffs, I'm thinking. So uh, I'll get into my top five. I usually Ray, real quick. Never... Ray, 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 yeah. real quick. I don't want to divert to sports, but just since you mentioned it, did, yeah. did they lock up number one with the bye? Yes. So you're 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 clear sailing. You got nothing to play for in the last two weeks. We're sitting pretty right now, so I got yeah. no stress right now. So all right, you know, good for you. Better luck. I good. Um, you know, good luck on the draft pick. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's been for the Giants <laughs> the last few years. Well, last year they played right. all right. They made a won a playoff game, but still, yeah. Back to back to rooting for the draft pick again. I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be next year. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I know, man. You must be going through something. But uh, I'll get to my list. Um, I would normally not put a tribute band in, but I got to see them twice this year. And I've mentioned them on your show before. They're called The Land of Oz. And I got to see them twice. The second time I got to meet their singer, his name is Stephen Desco. And Dresco, Desco, I think it is, something like that. But anyway, I found out he also sings in a Dio tribute band called Live Evil. And, dude, these guys were just – we're not going to hear live Ozzy these days. And they recently played the Diary album in its entirety, Blizzard album in its entirety. And they're just incredible, and they play the stuff magnificently. So I had to put them on there. My number four is a band that's a favorite of my wife's. And it's not in my wheelhouse, but I was pleasantly surprised and it's the band Train. Pat Monahan is a brilliant front man, great singer, and it was really a good rock show. They played some cool covers, and I don't know if you knew this. I know you were friends with Ralph Sorella. Uh, he was yeah. recently, Pat Monahan was recently on Stern, and uh, Fred Norris wrote a song dedicated to Ralph, and Pat recorded it and performed it on Stern, and it was really touching and loving, so if you get a chance, go check that out on the app. I actually did so hear that. that. Yeah, I actually did yeah. hear that, yeah. Oh, cool, man. I'm glad you did, because I know uh, you and Ralph went way back. Uh, yeah, my number way three back. Was, my, my number three show was seeing uh, Rival Sons at the Fillmore in Silver Spring, Maryland this year. That's just unbelievable. I know how you feel about them, so I don't have to say much about that. My number two would have been my number one up until December 11th, and that was the two-night Metallica thing, man, and I'm glad that guy shouted out Overkill and Scorch would have been on my top album list too. Overkill killed that parking lot, but the whole two night thing with Metallica was just great for us. But my number one, Eddie, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because I'm talking to you on the air, was the 40th event of yours, and it was just that array of musicianship. And I rewatched it again, and a lot of people called in. Um, saying the whole show was on YouTube, and that was actually recorded by my friend uh, Wyatt Birdwell, who, um, if you go to his uh, YouTube channel, Wyatt's Metal Life, it, the whole thing's pretty much there. And rewatching it, even the big names that did like one or two songs, 
Nobody phoned it in, man. It was just unbelievable. It was like there was the almost like there was their this is their performance. They were going to do it. Everybody fucking killed it, dude. And it was amazing. It was great meeting you and you know a lot of other people. And happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to my friends on the fans of Eddie Trunk page. And everybody vote Eddie Trunk 2024. Let's make America rock again. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> There's actually a shirt that says that, that some friends of mine made that I have for 2020 or something. Make America rock again. Vote Eddie trunk. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I look, you know, I, I think that, um, obviously my show had, uh, I don't know, roughly 800 people there of, people that bought tickets or whatever. If you were lucky enough to be in there, I think most people would have it in the top five, if not at number one, again, not because anything I did because of the performances and Ray touches on a really interesting thing where he said each act, nobody mailed it in. Everybody pushed it. Well, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, everybody's in the wings of the stage watching the other artists that are performing. So there's just a natural not rivalry, but you know, you up your game a little bit. Hey, I want to go out there and be the one everybody's talking about at the end of the night. So there's a little bit of that. The other thing about it is let's face it. A lot of these guys are older, Sammy Hagar, Alice Cooper, um, Ace Freely, Michael Anthony, Kevin Cronin, they're older guys. They only had to do two or three songs. So you could really, you know, they really could lay it all out there because they weren't worried about getting through an hour and a half or a two hour set and still having any energy for the encore. They only had to go out and do anywhere from one to three songs. Pat Travers only did one. Lita did two. Sebastian did two. Alice did three. Sammy did the most like five, I think. Michael Anthony did some by himself. So that's the other thing too. You have a you have a lot more uh, juice because you know, you don't have to be out there for an hour. You can go do 10, 15 minutes and you can go relax or do whatever you want to do. But it's just the, yeah, that mix of people. And I don't, you know, I've not, I know there's a lot of stuff on YouTube from my event. I've seen some, I haven't seen most, but I've seen some and I've not seen what somebody called in yesterday that Ray said his friend shot the whole thing. And that's up there. But whatever it is, nobody's got what I got, which is the whole thing multi-camera pro shot and recorded. And in 2024, that's what I'm going to do my best to figure out what we can do with it, where we can put it, how we can let you guys see it. It's still a lot to be figured out, but there's just nothing we can do until the new year at this point. Everybody's shut down until, you know, really people even start moving until after the first week of the new year. But that is something I'm looking forward to figuring it out uh, for sure. Thank you for that call, Jeff. Go to Tucson, Arizona. Here's Raul joining us. Hi, Raul. Hey, Eddie. How are you? Wonderful getting through, brother. Thank you so, for calling. Uh, what's going? What's your list? Yeah, no problem. First of all, congratulations on your 40, dude. You're awesome. And I had the pleasure of meeting you at a Black Crow show at the House of Blues in Vegas about a year and a half ago or so, I guess. Anyway, that was one of my favorite shows. That, Raul, that was one of my favorite shows of last year. Easily. Yeah, that was an insanely yeah, I, great show. I, that might've been my favorite show of last year and maybe top five all time. Just an amazing show. 
And so the Crows, crazy. and real quick, I'm sure you heard this, but the Crows are playing the Super Bowl weekend, the Friday and Saturday leading into the Super Bowl in Vegas in a couple oh months, <laughs> which should be great. That's at the Palms this yeah. year, though. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I wish I could get to it. But uh, anyway, yeah, Crows are amazing. I'm hoping they put out a tour, even if, the, if they can't go out with Aerosmith. They are just amazing. But anyway, to my top five. Um, all right, number five, Mammoth. I got to see Mammoth at a small theater in between Metallica dates, as well as with Metallica later on. But anyway, Mab is just amazing. That catalog that kid's building is just incredible. Two solid, solid albums. In fact, uh, the Mammoth album is my album of the year, but that's yesterday's list. Anyway, uh, number four, Santana at House of Blues in Las Vegas. I'm a casual Santana guy. I was in town, went and saw it, completely blown away. A lot has to do with that venue just being so incredible. Uh, number three, Brian Adams. Hit after hit after hit. The guy could have played five hours and not missed a hit, you know? Just incredible. Uh, number two, Metallica, either night. Just incredible. Uh, those guys are still bringing it, still amazing live, still enthralling for the crowd, and, and just amazing. And my number one show is uh, U2 at the Sphere. I was there opening night, and I was there for the second show. Did seat, did GA, completely blown away. Uh, uh, full disclaimer, I'm a huge U2 nut. So it, it, I was, I was in, you know, a pig and slop. I was a kid in heaven. It was great. Well, that's my top five. So, so when you say when you say you did GA for you two at the Sphere, was that uh -huh. mean that mean you were standing on the floor? Yes, I did one night in the seats because I wanted to get the full experience, and then I did one night on the floor. So I did two nights, the two opening nights. So what on the opening night? Where were you on the floor or up? No, opening night I was in the seats on the three hundred level. Okay, and, uh, still. <laughs> But nothing like yeah. The reason why energy, you know. Yeah, no. The reason why I, I mentioned that is because I was on the floor GA on opening night. That's the only time I saw you two. Uh, but I told yeah. I told the story that you, I was I couldn't figure out what people were making like were ooing and on about, and they were uh, reacting to because from the floor you can't see the floor of the stage, and yeah. there's all yeah. kinds of stuff they do with the floor of the stage which I couldn't yeah. see because you don't see that if you're standing on the floor. No. No, the floor is part of the visuals, and it's just incredible, man. There's there's people dropping with vertigo when I was GA because they were following the, yeah. the stuff scrolling past the stage, causing the yes. illusion that the stage was rising, and there, and yes. there were people next to dropping from vertigo. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Thank, thank you, Raul. There are people that there's a moment in this U2 show where they do this effect where you feel like the stage is you're rising up or the stage is rising up. It's crazy. And Raul's saying that people were actually passing out <laughs> during it. I mean, I definitely was like tripping out by it because I didn't expect it. But the only downside, if you go to the sphere, at least for you too, is if you are on, if you're standing on the floor, it's a cool spot, but the, the floor of the stage that the band is on, you cannot see because your vantage point, you're, you're parallel with it or you're below it. So you can't see what's going on on the floor of the stage itself. And that is part of the sphere experience where they've got the visuals and all of that. Apparently there was this thing where they turned the floor, look, make it look like a giant turntable and Bono was like the needle on the record or something. I, I didn't see any of that because you can't see it from that spot. Everywhere else you could see it because you're up. And the other thing I'd warn you guys against is, there's one or two tiers of seating in there where you're under an overhang. 
and you're not going to there it's somewhat of an obstructed view so you're not going to see everything there either but there are many great spots where you will see everything i want to get in there i'd like to get in there and see you two one more time before they wrap up from a different spot in the building just don't know when hopefully before they end uh dennis in ohio is next up hi dennis Eddie. Dennis, what's going on? Hey, uh, I real quick, uh, first concert was uh, 5150 back when I was in school, but uh, last year, and you guys had them guys on uh, the internet or on, on, on your show many times, and they never mentioned Dragway 42, a small Amish country. Dragway 42 had Ted Nugent headlining one night with Big and Smalls, or uh, Big, uh, Big and Rich. And next day was Warrant and uh, Stephen Adler and Cheap Trick. And it was fucking phenomenal. I loved it. Wait, that's a concert that took place this past year? This past year, this past July. Absolutely. I live like two, min- two minutes from there. I left my house and I was at my campsite in three minutes. <laughs> well, that's a pretty, pretty interesting mix of artists. That's very cool. Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. Not heard of that. Uh, let's get Jeff in New York in here. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Eddie. Happy New Year. Uh, Same to you. I usually listen to you. Yeah, I usually listen to you on the app, but I had to call in for this one. Um, All right. For, for context, I saw 29 shows this year. It was like pulling teeth to get it down to five. But uh, number five, I had Metallica, Giant Stadium, my first time seeing them. I uh, saw them on both nights. Uh, number four, The Ageless Wonder, Glenn Hughes at the Palladium. Uh, probably mm. would have been higher, except that he, I, I wish he had played a little longer, but amazing show. Was that with uh, Ingve? It was. It was. Yeah, that. Yeah. so that's probably why, because he was splitting the, the show with Ingve, so that's probably why he got a little shorter set. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, number three, speaking of seeing a band at the ground level, the uh, Jared James Nichols and Tuck Smith at the Debonair Music Hall. Mm, I uh, wish I could have yeah. went to that, man. I was out yeah. of town, but I love both of them. Uh, amazing show. I, I mean, it was a treat to see uh, a warm-up band as good as Tuck Smith, but uh, I have saw Jared James Nichols twice this year. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a performer. What a guitarist. Yeah, uh, I've, seen, I've seen Jared, and I saw Jared this past year. I saw him in Vegas at the Fremont Country Club, actually. I've, I've, as much as I love Tuck, I've yet to see him play live. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if he's touring right now, uh, but no, uh, he's not. He's again. trying to get some stuff going. He's trying to rebuild some stuff. I've been in touch with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number two was interesting. It was a, 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 a great band with great songs. I was one of only maybe thirty people there, and that was uh, Brother Kane at the Sony Theater in New York. Uh, it, I think what made it so special. I love the band, but just being there—it's almost like my own private show. It's just a great, great show. Um, my number one show was uh, the Joe Perry Project at Webster Hall with Gary Sharon on vocals. Uh, I, never, I have not seen Aerosmith uh, on this tour. I, don't, I, I know a lot of people haven't, but I guess this is the next best thing. So that was that was an amazing show as well. Yeah, those are all shows. Thank you, Jeff. Those are all shows that I was hoping to get to and were definitely on my schedule. But with my own schedule, I just wasn't in town when they happened. But I remember when Joe played in New York, Joe Perry, and I hope he does some more project shows. And I remember that Tuck Smith, Jared James show, and I wish I could have been at that. 
And I, I actually, uh, brother Kane in New York, that was not that long ago. And I remember Damon calling me and, uh, asking me if I could help push out some tickets. Cause it was, you know, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough sell a band like that playing New York city. I think it was even on a Sunday night. So not surprised it was light in attendance, but a great band nonetheless. 1520 left to go. Let's squeeze in a few more calls as we continue talking about your favorite concert moments of 2023. Tomorrow, live once again, final live show of the year. And we'll be uh, going officially free for all, but you can chime in if you didn't get through today on this or yesterday on your top albums. You can do that tomorrow or anything you want unrelated to this, as long as it's in the world of rock music. Wide open tomorrow. Of course, live as always, three to five Eastern, anytime on the app. Brian in Kansas City is uh, next up. Hey, Brian, go ahead. You're on the air. How you doing, Eddie? Um, I'd like to start with the only like great small show I saw. I saw Jerry Cantrell at a theater in Kansas City. He is terrific. He had a great band with him, as well as the guy. I don't know who was singing with him. Do you know the dude like the Lane Staley parts for the Alice in Chains stuff? But he was terrific. He was he really enjoying himself. And, of course, I'm a big Alice in Chains fan as well. So that's number five. Uh, number four, I don't know if you've ever seen her. It's, uh, I've become a fan of her because of my wife and daughters. But Pink puts on one of the most incredible live shows of any anyway, She's like an acrobatist. You know, does uh, just an incredible live stage uh, show is number four. Uh, number three were the, uh, we, my wife and I went to St. Louis and saw the two nights of Metallica at the, the crappy, uh, football dome they have there, but, uh, two just great shows back to back, you know, great energy. There's that's the stage they have set up for those stadium shows, those night, uh, you know, two nights were fantastic. Plus the openers, I got to see Pantera, uh, and I see, I actually missed Mammoth. They opened the very the early part, but I've seen, he's terrific, but I, I, I we missed them, but Pantera was really good as well and then my number two show uh we all my wife and i went to vegas and saw the u2 and the sphere and i am a big u2 fan as well and i was just knocked out by the show as well as yeah the, as you said it's just it, we were in the in the upper deck or the like i don't know 200 section i believe and was just knocked out by the visuals as well as how good they still sound and how good bono still sounds i've seen them probably seven or eight times you know throughout my life uh my number one show was the first the first time they played in seven years and that was acdc at power trip that was just fucking awesome to see them and and being from kansas city on the little known fact the last show brian johnson did was the kansas city show on that tour he dropped out the next night you know when they when when axel took over but the last live show he had done was in kansas city so i saw his last show with brian johnson and i saw the no, the, the first show back in seven years with Brian Johnson at Power Trip. That was amazing as well. Hey, Brian, since you said you're a big U2 fan, I'm curious, were you uh, bummed that Larry Mullen was not playing with U2? What did you think of them using the substitute drummer? Well, I was, I'm bummed, yeah, because I think he's a, I, I'm a crappy garage band drummer, and I've actually played U2 in my you know, college years and stuff. And I, and he, he's just a, tr a terrific player, terrific sound. But I, I, did you get the impression you probably know more about this than I, that they probably booked this, you know, this before he, before they knew he couldn't do it. Uh, I mean, I thought the guy did a fine job. I can't remember his name. He's like from Sweden or something like that. Vandenberg. Uh, yeah. His last name is uh, Vandenberg. Yeah. 
And uh, but yeah, I was I was bummed, but you know, like I say, uh, I knew that you know when I bought the tickets, I knew that he wasn't going to be there. Uh, and uh, but and the guy did a good job, but is he is he Larry Mullen Jr.? No, but that's the problem all these bands have. You know, the, the drummers have, they have the toughest job. You know, especially you know, God bless Charlie Watts. How long did he do it before he died? Yeah. I mean, you know, just you know, Lars just turned sixty. How much longer can he do it? You know. Uh, yeah. And I guess hopefully Larry Mullen, you know, Larry's going to come back. They're hoping, you know, I guess he did have back surgery, I believe. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the thing. That's, that's why I was curious because there was some talk and, uh, and Brian, I got to run. Thank you. There was some talk about Larry Mullen playing a few shows at the sphere before U two ends. Now I think they're going into February now as far as the run, but there was talk that Larry Mullen would actually come back and maybe play. It, it's just, the thing with you too, I've—they're the one of the few bands that never had a lineup change until now, which people forget about. I mean, that is a crazy sort of unprecedented thing for a band to be around that long and they never played without the original four guys until they started the Sphere. And the night I went on opening night, the guy they've got filling in for Larry Mullen, he. They handed him the mic, and he first thing he said is, I am not Larry Mullen. There's only one Larry Mullen. You know, he's very nice about the whole thing, obviously, as you would imagine. But, um, yeah, I think it would be really cool for you 2 fans if they're able to perform with Larry at least a couple shows. Now, I don't know if, depending upon the timeline on that, if he'd even be able to get up to speed in time to be able to play. And I know what you're saying. Well, what's the big deal? He's been in U2 45 years, whatever. Who cares? He could do it in his sleep. Yes and no. Don't know what he's dealing with physically. And the other thing is what they're doing is very locked into what goes on in the sphere. It's not a normal gig. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. He also mentioned the, the singer with Jerry Cantrell for his solo dates. I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Greg Puciato. Who was it? Who was the singer in the band Dillinger Escape Plan? I think that's who Jerry was using on the solo dates, and he also mentioned Pink. For me, Pink is kind of like I mentioned Taylor Swift before. If I was to go, it's more for the production aspect and more to see what goes on than it would be for the music. And I I know she does like crazy acrobatic shit. I heard it's more of a circus act, literally, than anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it'd be my thing, but it blows my mind that pink plays stadiums, stadiums. And it's incredible how big some of this pop stuff gets. I, I, she's playing Allegiant, I think coming up in Vegas soon. Steve in Alabama. Hey, Steve. Hey, Eddie. Hope you're having a good day, buddy. And congratulations Thanks, you on your 40 years. Thank you. Yep. Uh, here's my list. Uh, number five, uh, Samantha Fish. Four, Blackberry Smoke. Three, Foo Fighters. And the Pretty Reckless Open for that, which was nice to see that. Number two, The Winery Dogs. Number one would be Rival Sons. And the first show of next year will be Zach Sabbath on the 13th, which will be cool. I've actually got, thank you for that, Steve. Samantha Fish show, showing up a couple times today and tomorrow. That's today and yesterday. That's pretty cool. Zach is actually doing a Zach Sabbath show 
here in New Jersey, which is Zach's hometown, home state, a week from Friday, I actually have it on my calendar. I may actually go to that. It's at Starland Ballroom in Saraville, a good venue. I'll still be here. I haven't been to the venue in a long time, but Zach is actually must be early on on the uh, Zach Sabbath. If you don't know what that is, it's Zach Wilde playing all black Sabbath, actually playing in Jersey a week from Friday. And I do have it penciled in to try to make that if I can. So I'll, I'll see that early on. Um, Samantha fish coming up a couple times. Interesting. Good to see her kind of breaking over into the rock fans a little bit as well. Somebody else he mentioned that I wanted to comment on and I, I spaced, but always good to hear rival sons continuing to grow. Of course, they were very much high on my list as well. Let's go to Tennessee and get Todd in here. Go ahead, Todd. You're on the air. Hey, Eddie, congratulations on 40. Thank you. And I'd like to say that I believe that you are the Dr. Phil of rock and metal. <laughs> well, <laughs> counseling sessions I tend to do off the air. I do, I do uh, over the decades, have counseled privately uh, many guys going through shit with their bands. Uh, but, of course, if it's off the record, I never bring that on the air. So that's more of where the Dr. Phil comes in. But thank you. Yes, sir. It's the brutal honesty. All right, my top five. Uh, cheap Trick at the uh, soundstage at Graceland. Totally great night. Uh, Kansas, the 50th anniversary tour. Uh, Alter Bridge, uh, first time ever seeing them. That was a great experience. Tight band and, and hearing Miles sing and play guitar. He got, uh, you know, a few leads in there also. Oh, yeah. uh, Big Head Big Head Todd and the Monsters, uh, who would have played that Horde Festival tour you were talking about with Dave Matthews earlier. They would have been on that yeah. deal. I and, think they uh, were. My, uh, my brother and I went to see uh, Kiss the, the last night, the end of the end of the road, December 2nd, and it was a great experience. It really was. All right, Todd, thank you for that. Appreciate you calling in. Have a good New Year. Uh, that, interestingly... Todd, we're almost at the end of the show. We got like five minutes or so left, and it's just hit me. Todd was the first guy to get through and mention Kiss. That was our first caller to have Kiss in their top five shows of the last year. Considering how much they toured, that's pretty surprising. Here's Ron in Orlando. Hey, Ron. Hey, how you doing? Um, real quick, my top five in no particular order except the last two. I've seen Pantera, uh, Tesla. I said Alter Bridge, then a month later, I've seen Scott Stapp. So I got to see all Creed last year, or this past <laughs> yeah. year. Number two was Robbie Krieger the same weekend as I've seen your 40th anniversary. I took my uh, son. I was the one to talk to you about my son being 18 getting into your show. Okay. Did you get him in? Did he go? Yes, he got in, and I got to experience. He got to experience Robbie Krieger from the Doors, Geezer Butler, Alice Cooper, all in one weekend. Yeah, that's cool. I've seen all those guys at eighteen years old before they really don't play anymore. That's 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 great stuff. And I'm going to see Zach Sabbath, uh, John Five, and Pantera. My first three shows next year within two weeks. Wow, off to a good start. Ron, thank you. Glad you made it to the show. Glad you got your son in. It was definitely a special night. Let's go to Henry, who's joining us from California. Go ahead, Henry. You're on the air. How you doing, Eddie? Hey, uh, hey man. Number five, I got uh, Tesla. I saw him in Vegas and in California. Number four, Queen in Los Angeles. 
Uh, number three is the Foo Fighters, Salmon Tahoe. Uh, number two was the uh, Eddie Trunk, number 40. <laughs> a great show. And uh, I'm going to include Sammy in there because I saw him in Paso Robles. And uh, number one is U2. I was at a general admission there also in Vegas. So it was a great year for shows, man. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Thank you, Henry. Appreciate it. Um, Henry, the first one to bring up Queen, who I missed but did a very, very big tour. And I heard that was spectacular, but I missed it. Matt and Queens. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Eddie. What's up, man? Hey. So real quick, um, I'm not sure if you mentioned it. I missed the first half of the show, but are you aware that they didn't play the Merry Christmas special on Q1043 this past Friday? Yeah, there was a problem. That was not their fault. It was our fault. The producer of that show got it out to the affiliates way too late. I apologize for that. I did hear about it. Oh, good. I was just looking forward to it. All right, so my top uh, five shows. Number five, Mammoth WBH. First time seeing them headline this year. Amazing, like everybody else said. Uh, number four, I made it over to London to see one of the Maiden shows, and it was I've seen Maiden a bunch, but extra special to see them in their hometown. That was really cool. Uh, number three, a band that a caller called about yesterday that I was really happy to hear about was The Hives. Uh, one of the best high-energy raw rock and roll shows I think I've ever seen. It was crazy. If anybody hasn't gotten the chance to see them, they absolutely should. Uh, number two, Guns N' Roses MetLife Stadium, specifically because I used your trick this time. And I got a pit ticket for 140 bucks the morning of, and I was row three in front of Slash. It was crazy. Mm. Um, and then number one, not much to say about it, ACDC at Power Trip. Made my life there. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you, who knows what the future is for ACDC. Was that a one-off? I mean, I can't believe it'll be a one-off. I still am completely expecting more shows, but it's been uh, been crickets ever since that show, which is pretty incredible. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you calling in. Maybe we can get one or two more in. Chris in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Eddie. It's Chris. I'm actually on my way to Newark Airport. Real quick, my top five, three of them, the, the, the artists were 75 or older. So my number five would be the Artemis Pyle band. Artemis Pyle is a legend, and he was so awesome on drums. Number four is the jam band Humphrey McGee. I would recommend any metalhead who want to go to see a jam band go see Humphrey because they tease a lot of Eddie and they tease a lot of Mick Mars. It was great. Number three, Elvis Costello at 68 years old with Charlie Sexton. Totally kick ass. Number two, at 77 years old, Daryl Hall. His band is incredible. His voice is incredible. The opening act, Todd Rundgren, was incredible. And number one would absolutely be, number one would be, let me think for a second here. My number one was Boz Skaggs in Allentown. He was so fucking great on guitar. Peace, I love you. Thank you, Chris. Chris going Boz Skaggs. Who would think we'd get that? on trunk nation as his number one show. Very, very interesting. Can I get Eddie in Houston in here real quick? Go ahead, Ed. Hey, Hey Eddie, how you doing? Good Eddie. I got about a minute. Go ahead, man. Gotcha. Top five. Uh, number five, the struts never saw him. House of blues, Houston. Beautiful. Fucking, uh, 
uh, the lead singer, Luke, he's a beast. Number four, Alter Bridge with WVH opening. What a show. Kick ass. Number three, um, Winery Dogs, Warehouse Live. Amazing. Number two, Buddy Guy, old Buddy Guy. He kicked ass. He had other blues guys. What a show. And number one, one nobody has because he's progress, Peter Gabriel Live, Toyota Center. That old we man, actually, boy, what a show. Thank you, Eddie. I got to run. Actually, somebody did call in. Someone else did call in on Peter Gabriel as well a little bit earlier. So we did have a second mention on Peter Gabriel. Yeah, there's a few shows that came up, unfortunately, I missed totally that I wish I didn't. But again, so many shows and so little time sometimes. Well, good opportunity to open the year with a extra long podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks to everybody who called in. And if you were listening and you were like, hey, I wish I could call in and something like that. Well, you can. All you got to do is listen live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern to Trunk Nation on Faction Talk. 103 and get involved in the show just a little sample of some of the stuff we do beyond interviews each and every weekday live on Sirius XM be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page for info and updates EddieTrunk.com is the website next appearance coming up on the 12th of January in Houston at Warehouse Midtown formerly known as Rise Rooftop for the opening night of Mr. Big's Farewell U.S. Tour. Then from there, it's over to Rock Island. Hope to see you at some of these events coming up. Keep an eye on my socials. Keep an eye on the homepage of my website for info and updates. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening.